you sense it. Darkness is descending. Grave darkness. Darkness in doom. A great, great evil is on its way toward this town. There is only one who can save us. All hope lies in the hands of this warrior. A man of strength. A man of valor. A man of destiny. Listeners beware, there's no turning back now. You've entered the Horrorpocalypse Podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Horror Apocalypse. My name is Michael. I am your host. Uh, joining me right now is coming in Chris. Hey, Chris, how you doing? <laughs> Listen, we, we've got somebody in the waiting room. I'm sure he's who everybody is here to see today. So we're just going to go ahead and get him in because I also want to get this mask off. It's very hot. So, uh, <laughs> no shit. <laughs> I'd like to introduce you to Mitch Hyman, creator of today's movie, uh, Bubba the Redneck Werewolf. Mitch is joining us momentarily. <laughs> hey, Mitch, how you doing? Put a mask. It's the perfect thing for this whole meeting. <laughs> Although you're wearing it wrong. Oh, good. As long as everybody's going to be doing this crap. <laughs> Oh. I'm not turning my camera on for this stuff. <laughs> I, you guys I, I, can be ludicrous all by yourselves. That's fair. Oh, that is fair. I'm just going to be the voice of reason that just sits there oh. in tones occasionally. Oh. There you go. You're screwed if that's the case then, because if I'm the voice of reason, this whole thing's off the rail and gone. <laughs> well, welcome, Mitch. Welcome to our welcome. extremely low-budget podcast where we pretend like we know what we're doing. Hey, I'm kind of a low-rank guy myself. Trust me. <laughs> Hey, you're doing things a lot better than us. <laughs> it looks that way. It's like, you know, the TARDIS. You know, the whole thing with Doctor Who? It's bigger on the inside. That's my <laughs> Anyway. Nice, nice. A, a Doctor Who reference that gets you immediate points right off the bat. Absolutely. That, you know, that's it. That and social drinking. Distancing. Yeah. Distancing. Distancing. <laughs> distancing. Yes. Yes. I had a mat, a hat made for today's uh, meeting. I hope you're okay with that. 
Oh, sure. Is it got a propeller on it? Because that's really what you require for this. But, you know, like, what do you got? <laughs> I'll make sure to add one. <laughs> Does it come, do you need a bottle opener to get it off? Because my favorite kind of hat. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So before we go too far, we, we've got a bunch yep. of uh, people popping in. I want to let you guys know. The hell with them. Are you kidding? This is between all of us. Remember, that was the deal we made. The five bucks, the, you know, the, the, the standing in the alley for three hours in the rain. Wait a second. You crying. All the crying. No, no. You got paid? You I, cried? Never mind. That's it. Moving on. <laughs> so what do you people want from us? I was, I was trying to, to think of a funny comeback, and I failed miserably on that one. Damn. No, you did. It was perfect. It gave me a great setup. This whole thing is about me, you being a human trampoline, and I do the tricks. Damn. And that number three hat, that's copyrighted. Get that the hell off your head now. <laughs> 150 bucks. Okay. What are you laughing? You got major league sport. You got major league baseball pissed off. Uh, you go race. Anyway, where were we? No, no, no. No, this one is is a worse team. It says the Mets on it. So, okay, I'm out of here. I'm done. That's it. We're, gonna move now. We, we're done. Sorry yeah. about Tom Seaver, dude. <laughs> I was his water boy. <laughs> um, That's like a lot of crying went on. It's a weird place. Anyway, so your questions were what? Uh, Wanted to let you guys know for the contest yes. that we're going to be doing today with uh, with Mitch here. Um, I was trying to think of a way we're going to do this, and basically, we've got seven people viewing right now. I'm no, I know there's going to be more popping in. When you guys come in, just uh-huh. make- <laughs> when when you guys pop in, just make a comment. When you make a comment, you're automatically entered. We're going to be giving away an autographed copy of Bubba the Redneck Werewolf by Mitch. Wow, insult to injury tonight. This is great, man. Call my lawyer. <laughs> We're also going to be uh, giving away a copy of Bubba the Redneck Werewolf on DVD. We also have... That's a felony. <laughs> <laughs> we also have another thing that's coming in the mail. I was hoping to get it today, and it didn't. There's a whole story to that, which I'll go into later during our taste test. But another item that's coming in. But all you have to do is make a comment. You're entered, and we'll, t- we'll randomly pick somebody to send this great prize pack to. So in other words, all this stuff that these people usually say to me, like, shut the hell up, get out of here, go away from me, what the hell is that? If they just even make that comment, they can win a prize? Yeah. 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 I'm in. Let's go. Let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> that includes you. If, you. if you type something right now, you can be entered. Oh, no. If I type something, my agent gets money. The hell with that crap. <laughs> she gets enough off of this crap. And besides the wife, her, and the manager, no, that's enough. <laughs> and the publicist. And that really nice girl who does the nails, but not mine. Mm. Never mind. Just you know, talking about Ming Lee. The, shh. Oh. We don't talk about it that much anymore. There was that night the soy cowboy in Bangkok. I'll never forget. Mm, yeah, yeah I did. I forgot. Thank God. Anyway, moving on. Good thing about getting old. We were all sweaty. Oh, it was fantastic. By the way, I love what you've done with the place. It looks fantastic. This is the greatest upholstered toilet I've ever sat in. Oh shit! This is my office. All right, never mind. <laughs> uh, so we're gonna jump right into it. Um, Mitch, what we do is we kind of do a quick roundtable. We get caught up, uh, basically, any movies that we've watched or TV shows we've watched over the last week. Um, Chris, why don't you go ahead and kick us off? Tell us what you've been watching. Sure, absolutely. Um, I finished Krypton. That's still a thing? It was so did a Brainiac. Thing. Read the comics. Yeah, I know. I know. Uh, no, with uh, the Sci-Fi Channel show, they put threw it up on the DC app, and the second season finally came on. So I was like, oh, I want to see what happened. They didn't know they were getting canceled. They they set that up for like the next episode. That Wait a minute, hold it. They knew the planet was going to explode. They didn't know the show was going to be canceled. Yeah, Kryptonian science. You see, that's <laughs> the problem. We're way behind the curve. No wonder why we got a pandemic. And, and that's why the planet exploded. Uh, 
so there was that and there was uh, there was another movie i watched earlier in the week um oh uh, uh emily rose the uh exorcism uh, of emily rose i did not expect that to be what i what it was that was a courtroom drama i was not expecting that um <laughs> i i enjoyed it immensely i thought i thought it was a great angle um but that was uh that's it so i did i thought that was a stephen king novel uh exorcism of emily rose well, it's something think... to do with it. Oh, it's Audrey. Never mind. Wrong Rose. Yeah. Same last name, different family. Same family, different stuff going on, though. <laughs> yeah, there was it's the uh, South. It's weird. You know how it is. <laughs> Mitch, what have you been watching? <laughs> yeah. I was just finishing. I was just getting into like the third episode of Below D- of uh, Star Trek, Lower Decks. Mm-hmm. That how is. It's wonderfully twisted. I got to tell you, I don't care. If you like Rick and Morty and you used to watch the old Star Trek cartoon, which was so stilted and horrifying to watch. It was like terrible. They would move every like 15 seconds. Someone would click over. It was like stop action. It was like Tim Burton hadn't shown up on the scene to show him what stop motion animation looked like or even animation. (laughs) Then again, it was William Shatner. So how animated could it be? Not the point. The show is really good. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, it doesn't stay primarily below decks. But it does give you an idea of how the dirty side of living in a perfect society is. That's awesome. You really would like it. If, you like, if you're a Rick and Morty fan, you'll really like it. If you like the Star Trek canon, you'll hate it. But then again, you're, you're Trek fans. You're going to hate everything anyway. It's not going to make any damn difference. I'm a Trekker. I, and I love pretty much everything that's come out. So I'm Really? I, I, I'm a Trekker, and I, and I disagree with that statement. Here it comes. See, there it goes. See, he tells you. There it is. Okay. Tre- Mirror, Mirror Universe now, right before your very eyes. Right, okay, so much. what do you feel is gr- – let me ask you something. Mike, what do you think is great about Star Trek? What's the great thing about Star Trek? I, the the world is all encompassing. I, I love everything that world brings to it. it and there's um, every installment, no matter what uh, series it is, Voyager, uh, original series, Next Generation, Discovery. There's something new, um, but also something familiar. And I, I just love that whole aspect to it. And I, I love the aliens. I love the battles, the ships. The only issue I have with it, and it was the same thing I had with uh, Star Star Wars. When we went back to something that took place before, why did everything seem to look so much newer and more advanced than it did in the original series? That was my only complaint. Okay, and on the flip side, what do you think is so wonderful about it? Uh, you know what? The imagination, the story, uh, the, the, what, what it, the, the meanings of what each episode means. Um, go, going all the way back to, to uh, the original series, uh, my girlfriend hasn't hadn't watched all of it so we sat down we started watching every single episode we're in next gen now and she's enjoying it too so i mean if she can get on board then pretty much anyone can um she's there actually so i think she said no oh well um it's an old message. but uh what was that an old message old message oh okay good you know with the thing is that i like about this is that the way that you both speak about it, listen to the tone of voice and i'm sure everybody out there is listening there's a hope it's kind of like we were <laughs> We're hoping to achieve something greater than what we have, which is like absolutely nothing. Yeah. And to see if we can go a little further, but the thing is, Star Trek since 1966, I believe, or I think that's when it came on, um, like always gave people a chance to see that there was a way to live better than we are, better. or we are better than we can be, okay? Yep. That's the one thing Trek always did do. Star Wars didn't achieve that. I don't care how many arguments you're going to have over certain science fiction shows, but the ones that gave you the hope, it always comes back to Star Trek. And the funny part of it is because it was started as basically being wagon train in space. Let's yep. get a bunch of wagons, go out into the wilderness, and see if the indigenous people don't kick our asses for being here in the first place. Aha! <laughs> now, my favorite thing about Star Trek is very simple. 
the green chicks. I love the fact that every effort, they always have the green women. They always, it, it doesn't make a damn difference. Even in the parodies, they have the green girls. Oh, yeah. Okay. Right. I don't know if they're ripe yet. I'm willing to wait around. I'm good like that. I'm willing to wait. <laughs> but, you know, hey, you know, you hit 95, you don't give a shit anymore. Actually, when you hit 100, you, you, know, 100, you really don't give a crap about anything because then by that time the cops already caught you because you got to hit the exit just right. Anyway, I'm sorry. What was that? I digress. <laughs> Okay. So where were we? Uh, we were leaving off. Uh, you were watching Lower Decks. That's right. uh... <laughs> but no. Lower Decks is really good. Yeah. I was really impressed with the Watchmen series I just saw. It was very, it was really very forward thinking and really prophetic in a lot of strange ways. But the one I'm really looking forward to right now is I see if they're going to be doing Lovecraft. They've done Lovecraft and they do Lovecraft Country. Yeah, and I know that. that a lot of it's now social issues and so on and so forth. But the great thing about this is that because we're dealing with alternate universes and we're dealing with elder beings who have no way of looking at society the way we look at them, walk away from the protagonists who would be the people that would be, you know, the ones who are discovering all these elder gods and things like that. Watch the way just these things react with humans. I'm waiting to see how. The human condition really comes into it more than a racial condition. Just being a human being should be enough to set off. Okay, xenophobia, right? Let's see if the Elder Gods are the ultimate xenophobes. I'm curious. I haven't seen it yet, but I'm looking forward to it. Any, anybody out there who's seen Lovecraft Country, chime in, say something when the time comes, please. I was going to say, I think he's watching it. I've watched really, it. Mike, you've seen it? Oh, yeah, I've seen all three episodes so far. So what's the deal? It... It's a great series. I love it. I'm I'm a big Lovecraft fan, despite the speaking of xenophobia, despite all the xenophobia and the, the underlying racism in his stories. I I love his his stories, um, but uh, this it is a fantastic series. Episode three is by far the best. It deals more with horror and Lovecraft than in the first two did, and it like you said, it is very very racial, um, and it's to the point where like my wife had a very hard time watching it because of some of the language and the actions that were happening on screen, it's very difficult to, to watch. Um, but outside of that, it's, it's good so far. That's true. It's great to hear. I'm glad that they stuck with a sense of brutality. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, in pieces like this, you've got to go as dark as you have. That's why I liked Watchmen. They didn't cut any corner. You know? And even in the original movie, let's face it, that was a very, and I lived through the 70s, so it was a very, it was a really bleak period. Everybody can talk about all the discos and, the, and all the great clothing and all that crap. Dude, everybody was scared. It was nuts. We had a government that wasn't to be trusted anymore. It was a really dark time. Yeah. So Sounds very you, familiar. It, <laughs> you know what? It's really weird. It's like, you know, somebody yelled do-over and we fucking did it in plain English. What the hell is that? Yes, I threw the F-bomb of the night, folks. That's right. Just tune in here in about five minutes. There's going to be a whole lot more flying. You know me. Anybody who knows me knows me. Fucking A. Exactly. There it is. Okay, and I came from a Mets fan. You know, he's got a lot to say about it. <laughs> what a great season it hasn't been, kids. Yeah, no shit. Um, <laughs> the hell is- the I mean, they can take away everything. everything you took away baseball, you SOB motherfucker. <laughs> uh, talk about, okay, you want to talk about Elder Guard screwing with us? There it is right there. That's brutal. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm I'm a I'm a Red Sox fan, so I imagine what I'm dealing with right now. Oh man, you got more issues than National Geographic. I feel bad for you. <laughs> you that, and the Cubbies. I love you guys, but it's like going, wow. That's that's where I'm at, I'm at right now because I'm in Massachusetts and yeah. I go between Mets Mets and the Red Sox. Those are my, those are my two teams. How the hell so, do you do that and stay alive? You have no idea. You can get like, killed it, like that. You go to Brockton, they'll kill you in Brockton and shit like that. <laughs> 
that's, that's almost close. That's almost the majority of them. They're all Yankees fans anyway. I don't know how people. Not in Brockton. <laughs> Stoughton maybe, but I've been Stoughton, to Brockton. Maybe not Brockton. <laughs> but no, seriously, it's it, like I said. We're all in a, a free fall at this point. I told, I was telling a friend of mine the other day, I feel like I'm in a fishbowl and rolling down the stairs. And I don't know whether I'm going to jump out before the castle crushes me or I wind up, you know, smashing into the cat's dish and wind, waiting there for the, to be picked. The, you know, I just don't know what the hell is going on, but I feel like in this small world and I'm constantly like, first I can breathe, then I can't, then I can breathe, then I can't because the water keeps going around and around and around and then the whole thing smashes. And you wonder yourself going, could I really flop far enough into, let's say, a sewer or maybe find my way to even the toilet at this point? Because being flushed out of here would be better. Oh, yeah. I hear you. But it's going to get better because here's one thing. Great thing about being old. That's me, not you guys. Although he's the one sporting the beard. You know, I'm just saying nothing to go with this whole thing. Anyway, hi, Mike. <laughs> if, what is this? That seriously, I've seen a lot happen, a lot occur, and a lot change. And it can go back the other way just as easily. And it will. It's just one of those things where we have to find. So it's like a pendulum. You've got to find that swing. It's going to stop. And then you're going to pick up a little more speed. It'll go back the other way a little bit because you can't have action without reaction. So we have a lot of reactive people. We're definitely going to get some action. Oh, yeah. Hang loose. If it's good, keep a positive thought. Maybe we can push it that way. If not, yeah. that whole toilet bowl thing does still work, although we have to find a big enough one. <laughs> <laughs> I know wet and wild down here still has that leftover. You know, we can always hook it into the system because I used to do light is, plumbing. The f- is that is that place still open? No, I, I not, been... Well, it is if you know where the fence. You see the part of the fence is, and you get in. <laughs> is it? Is it? The raccoon up? showed me what. <laughs> is it still up? Like it, they, it's closed it's, down, but they didn't. They didn't tear it down. It's still there. They're talking about doing more with it. Something else. Now they've got oh Universal's going to be building a park that's like across. You know, you have to take a bus to get to it. <laughs> I think they should build a park in Tampa that you can sit there and take a train to it, not come back and be happy <laughs> to see some tourist leave for a few minutes. But I got to ask you guys, though, seriously, this has been really a rough experience. But do you feel that when you watch films now, are you going to be more appreciative of the movies when you finally do get a chance to go back in that theater, sit down? Then the person behind you, you know, starts talking on their phone or kicking the back of your seat. The kid won't shut up with the popcorn flies going to be happy to go back to it you're going to be more let's just say appreciative it's funny you say that uh because i say a lot of funny shit that wasn't that was supposed to be serious mike where did you get this guy mets really in in new hampshire massachusetts say same difference (laughs) yeah that's accurate No, the uh, Chime I, I from actually, Jersey and New York next. What? I, <laughs> I, I actually went to the theater uh, a couple weeks ago, and yeah. they they had this big promotion. They were doing twenty twenty, uh, excuse me, uh, nineteen twenty prices uh, for twenty twenty movies, and they were of course they weren't playing movies from twenty twenty. They were playing movies from the eighties and whatever to get people to come right. in. So I I grabbed this tickets to go see Ghostbusters because I've never seen it in the actual theater, and I was like, I want to go see it. So we go we go to the theater. No concessions are being sold. The mall is closed. There's nowhere to get concessions. Um, the guy pretty much said, he goes, yeah, you can bring it in if you want. There was nothing saying that there was not going to be any concessions whatsoever. And they said that they sold out for 30% capacity in of all their, all their smaller theaters. That's there impressive. Were only, there were only three other people in the theater with us. But it's Everybody, impressive. I, no one showed up. It was, they said it was like that all day. They sold out, but no one was showing up. You know why it's so, impressive? You know what they did? Very simple. 
they want to support them. They paid the money. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's nominal. It's like a buck or something, 50 cents, whatever it was. Yeah. But the thing is, they're showing support that they're there and they're waiting for them. And that's what you have to look at. See, now that's how this positivity thing is going to work. And you know, they can be a comedian to a point. But then again, every comedian has a social conscience, which is why we're comedians. Here's the <laughs> thing. You have faith in it. They have faith you're going to come back. And I think it's all going to, I think it is. I really do think that it's going to be different. It's going to take a little getting used to, especially when we're a little card, you know, little plexiglass boxes sent down those tubes to sit in those chairs. Cause I got an idea for a system. We'll get that some other year, but the point is, that this, would be I, awesome. think, I think we're going to get back to it. I think it's going to be okay. Because honestly, there's one thing we're never going to want to do. Going to your Home Depot or any of that crap ever got. I have spent the last year and a half working on a tiki bar in my backyard. Okay, I've got a, it, I used to own bars, so I made a full size freaking no bullshit tiki bar. I'm I am not kidding you. This thing is fully functional. All you do is turn the switch and the liquor license applied, and I'm making money. I I just heard and I'm Mitch the only say, one going. <laughs> I just I just heard Mitch say party at party at his house. That's what I just heard. Dude, come <laughs> down here. I could sure use. Nobody wants to go within ten feet. Well, would you like to come? On? No, it's okay. I really don't. I, I'm really fine where I'm at. I'm like going. You're living in a cardboard box under the sink, and it's good enough for the cat. It's good enough for me. All right, and you just be calm, and everything will be okay. So these are the people you're gonna have. You're gonna have to like coax them out into the light. So when you we do find these people, knock very gently on the door. Cookies are good to have with you, especially oatmeal because it's got that vanilla scent. They like that, and they're not as afraid. And just just leave, a little bit forward, just a little bit forward. put a crumb in the driveway. Let them follow. They'll come out. They'll come out. Okay, it'll be all right. Then you club them, and you take the rest of the goddamn money in the house, and everything's done. This is a very simple system. What's wrong with you people? You can't find work? I just found your work. There it is right there. I'm just kidding. Ooh, piece of candy. Ooh, piece of candy. <laughs> <laughs> see? Candy, cookies. Look at my Mike's looking at See, now, the thing is, I don't have my camera on because this is great. I can be omniscient and crap. That's a writing term. We'll get in that some other year. Um, but anyway, this is too intelligent a, bro- a podcast to get in that crap. <laughs> so, uh, Wolfman Hal had just... Who? <laughs> What? It I've heard of Wolfman it Hal. Yes. Says, Did you ever notice that Mitch looks like Dr. Venture from the Venture Brothers? And you know what? <laughs> <laughs> he is so fucking right. I, now, I know, now I know, like, when I was watching it going, man, he looks familiar. Why is it? First, I thought it was Scott Ian, that you look like the, the guitarist from Anthrax. And, and I was like, no, no, the, the <laughs> goatee is like... just, I was like, the goatee is just not long enough. But, but you know what? That's. <laughs> He's right about Dr. Venture. That's awesome. Okay, let me put it this way. I look as much like Dr. Venture as, as Mike Pence looks as Ray Spannon. So let me tell you, right off the nose. Did you see that? I saw it. just came right off his nose. I nailed it. No, it is right there. Perfect. No, lunchroom perfect. It was lunchroom perfect. No, <laughs> no, kidding around. I went to San Diego Comic-Con. And I just got followed around by a couple of people from Adult Swim one time, and they were laughing. I'm like going, not the usual laughter I get for just looking like a fool or a penis with eyes. This time, they're sitting there laughing. At, it's like going, he does. It looks just like, he goes, excuse me. I said, yeah. He goes, he goes you know, I sat there and said, what? He goes, you look like Rusty Venture. I said, Really? And I said something that was really rude, and I can't say that. It's something to do with Rusty in a zipper. But <laughs> I'm like, oh, are you serious? The guy goes, no, sir, can I get your picture? I wound up on social media with somebody sitting there with, you know, like basically, we're with Rusty, we're with the live Rusty Venture. I'm not wearing a jumpsuit or anything like that. I'm wearing a really ugly Hawaiian shirt, but that's okay. Then again, if it was Rusty Venture, he probably would be wearing an ugly Hawaiian shirt. 
But then again, so is Dr. Benton Quest. And we all know where he lives on a tropical island. And there's some weird shit that goes on with that Haji kid and stuff. We haven't got into that. So, so I know I go off. I go off topic quickly. It's okay. That's, okay. That's how I write my comments. This way nobody can understand the damn things. Or that crazy movie. <laughs> well, the whole thing was ad-libbed. Speaking of ad-libbed. <laughs> Thanks a lot. There's a face. Only a mo- me. My mother. My mother cried when she saw that. By the way. Oh really? I showed her the, really? movie, the cursing and all the crap that went on in that movie. She saw me dressed as the devil, and she goes, "This is what I've raised." My father goes, "Really? We named him Mitchell. There was always hell to pay at the end." <laughs> this. Where do you think the sense of humor didn't come from? Aha, from him. I have. I have to say though, when I turned it on, and I wasn't expecting uh, that you were also in the movie, and. Neither was I. I was asleep. They woke me up and said, Mitch, we don't have a devil. I said, sure, get in here. (laughs) (laughs) The the makeup was really, really good. Uh, Thank you. Who uh, did you do that yourself? No, I wish I was that talented. (laughs) I'm thanking you because this is one of my oldest and dearest friends. His name is Michael Davey. Now, Mike is Dick Smith's protege. So Dick Smith was basically the protege of all the greats who came through. Like Jack Pierce started it all. So you had the great creator of Frankenstein, Wolfman, things like that. Yeah. It was then the, it was then passed to the Westmores. It was then passed to several other different individuals in the business. But one of those people directly descended it to was, of course, Dick Smith, who did The Exorcist and all kinds of all kinds of movies. Mike went to business with Dick for a little while. He mentored him, taught him we taught him what he needed to know, and Mike went to manufacturing. Mike created airbrush makeup. He just was very we just didn't have a lot of money as young men back in the eighties. Yeah. And when he came up with the formula, he couldn't patent it. He also came up with something called Purell. He can't, he needed a gelatin based alcohol for something he was working on. And he comes up and I looked, I said, Hey, look, you made napalm. That's cool. <laughs> he goes, I don't know what else it'd really be good for. Who knew years later it'd be Purell. The great thing is he has one of the few licenses to be able to vend all this kind of like alcohol and stuff. We've been rife with anti, you know, anti everything agents. We've got all of it, man. We've got drums of the stuff <laughs> and a lot of napalm. But all kidding around sign. Mike came up and developed the devil makeup years ago when I was doing a show called Spooky Empire. And a friend of mine who is a, he's a film reviewer. He goes by the Grim Reaper. His name is Kevin Ransom. Great guy. Kevin is the guy who plays death at these shows. So he wanted to do the apocalypse who would win. He said, well, I need a Satan. I sat there and said, well, Mike and I have been testing out Satan makeup. So he goes, can you do one? I said, yeah. I walked into Satan makeup and it turned, that's how it all started from there. Wow. So when the movie came around, the guy I had working with me wrote, the, you know, had wrote, you know, the, the bones of the script. He said, there's a, can I use your Satan? I said, there's, for what? He goes, I want to put the movie. I said, there's no devil in the comic books, dude. And I looked at the script going, there's also no cussing. What the hell is this? <laughs> and I agreed to let him take a shot, let him do it. So I let him do it. Cause you know, when you say back then he was a friend, I said, you take a shot. I said, you know, nothing ventured, nothing gained with Bubba anyway, because you know, I had tried for years to try to get a movie done. So I figured, okay, let's take a shot at this. So we did the, so we decided to go with the devil. So we do the makeup. I got to tell you, it is the craziest shit you ever saw in your life when you put that stuff on. Cause it's real. I walked out in the public and I had people scared to death. <laughs> the funniest thing that ever happened was when they saw Bubba and I walking around in downtown, in this downtown small city we have here in, in, near the Orlando area. It's where a big university called Stetson's. That's called uh, Deland. They filmed the movie 42, Jackie Robinson over there. Oh. And 
you're a baseball fan. You should know this. Anyway, here's yeah, the no, thing. I, just, I didn't know. So, Mike, are you still here with us? Because you seem to have disappeared. Anyway, you're a little tiny square with a devil staring at you. Anyway, we did the makeup. We walked outside. We found later on there were 325 police reports <laughs> of the apocalypse, a werewolf loose, Satan is running oh. the streets, and an alien invasion. We're still trying to figure out the alien invasion. That may be a daily thing, though. That, that one couldn't figure out for couldn't figure that one out for nothing. But it was absolutely hilarious. But the great thing is, awesome. I'm at this university which is founded by Baptists, <laughs> and I'm walking around dressed as the devil in a suit, and I'm do I'm filming in their main offices underneath their main offices while they're doing business above. Satan's down below doing his dirty work because the devil's workshops in here. That's awesome. There were so many weird stories like that that go with this crazy movie. The shit that went on, we should have been arrested. Actually, we came close twice. Long story. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to go off on the makeup thing, but that was Michael Davey. Mike's brilliant. He has a a line of makeups called Watermelon, which go on latex-free. You can put on with alcohol. They stay on for days. They're amazing. Walking Dead, almost every production uses his stuff. Wow. I was really lucky. I mean, he was just an old friend of mine. We hung out together back in the day and he went into makeup and turned out I went to comics and movies and here we are. <laughs> Next. Uh, actually, thanks, Hal. By the way, I'll be up in Pennsylvania soon to chase you back through the woods. Anyway. <laughs> uh, we actually have one question that came through. Um, do you know Mac Hyman? Uh, no Time for Sergeants. That name is familiar. Now, No Time for Sergeants, I know, because that was the, it was an Andy Griffith movie from years ago. Also, it was a Broadway play. And I believe that, oh, Mac Hyman's the guy who wrote that, I believe. I'm sorry. Yes. But then again, you also have Dick Hyman. That sounds wrong already anyway, folks. But he was a music music producer in Hollywood. But yeah, Mac Hyman, uh, No Time for Sergeants, unfortunately not related. Not really. If it was, Bubba would have been a much bigger movie. It would have had a lot more money, kids. A lot more money, kid. (laughs) So anyway, continue yes. onward with the questions. These poor people are plotting through this mess. Come on. Yes. Give us some prizes and shit. Come on here. What is this? We actually have our taste test segment we need to get into. Okay, now we go. I have absolutely no taste at all. This is perfect. <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> Chris, what's your what's your item this uh for Fright Bite today? What's my item for Fright Bite today? I have uh just brought the thing that I didn't eat last time we did this. So uh, it's oh. the, the churro bugles. I just left them there. I think I'll do it. It must be a northern thing, folks. They wouldn't put that in the south. What? <laughs> no. I, I have to say. Oh, yeah, it's nacho so many... and jalapeno and ranch. Yeah, I was going to say that usually there are better uh, uh, options out in the south, more, more of the hot stuff. But uh, so, oh, look, these are perfect. They're like little devil horns. They're perfect. <laughs> And I'll be there's some syrup going glue those right in. You're drinking again, Mike. We caught you. Anyway, put that down. <laughs> and actually, you know what? They taste like bugles with sugar. Um, so this is basically a churro. Yeah, well, basically a churro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> put some milk on them and call them Captain Crunch, and let's get out of this, okay? Oh my God, you no. are not. No, he's not that far off. <laughs> They're cutting the roof that. of his mouth. He can tell from here. What? Oh, I'm already bleeding. It's so good! What a wonderful way to finish a Friday evening, bleeding over snack food. <laughs> the way I finished last night, that's hysterical. With your wife sitting there going, divorce imminent. <laughs> what? <laughs> now he's revealed his uh, truth. That uh, was interesting. 
I'll, I'll, I'll leave it as that. Feel free to uh, try Bugle's churro if, if you want to. And apparently if you're not in the South, because apparently they're not there. So <laughs> There's the South, trust me. <laughs> it's the South. I've never seen them. <clears throat> Figment imagination. It's all created what? by Disney. <laughs> and shipped in by Universal. There you go. There's the double plug. All right, boys, you won't throw me out of town now, okay? <laughs> now I'll get my money from the government. Give me my extra hundred bucks, you son of a bitch. What? <laughs> Look at Mike. He's like, oh, I'm getting so uncomfortable with this. <laughs> nah, that's, his, that's his normal look. <laughs> nice hat. Did I mention that? Matches the devil. Very nice. Put two of them together, disappear. All right. So I thought today, I thought yes. we would keep it in theme, and I went, I made a little trip. And I got Bubba the oh, Werewolf-flavored coffee. Take that going back. See, you and your dumb chestnut tribal screams. There's a fight <laughs> over the coffees, by the way. Oh, there we have celebrity coffee fights. Hysterical. <laughs> All right, so here we go. I, I brewed this up beforehand. I'm, I'm going to taste it now. Uh, hopefully, hopefully I like it. And the perfect mug. Yes. I'll give you five bucks to spit it out. He's dead to us now. <laughs> And the smell of bitter almonds. Two, three, four, go. I, I'm not a huge coffee drinker. I usually prefer uh, as much cream and sugar in there as I can possibly get. But when I went to your uh, friend's place, by the way, to, to get this, uh, by the way, Chris said you still owe him. Um, I don't know if that means anything. Uh, not this, Chris. Uh, the Chris not, not me. Top of horse. No, no, I, mean, I know but, what it is. Okay. It allows you two bucks. Okay, fine. <laughs> Where's my two dollars? <laughs> you kid that's his pension. Go on. <laughs> Take that, Jackal. <laughs> it's not bad. Uh it's I was really it's not great crazy. either, is it though? <laughs> it's not as good as those it's not as good as those damn churros, is it? Those bugle churros. Dip those in there and watch what happens. They'll explode. Like Mentos and, and diet soda. <laughs> you want you want to try it? You want some? No, no, I'm okay. good. That that <laughs> shit in the bag. Um no this, great if you dunk them. I was, I was, <laughs> curious about it because the the smell wasn't what i was anticipating <laughs> man it's just getting now i can't even take the smell of this stuff okay <laughs> didn't, didn't what, else is, was like... what else is wrong with it please i'm the complaint department is now freaking open no 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 it, it, i was expecting something different it actually tastes uh so is everybody else they were hoping for hot chocolate tough shit you got coffee <laughs> you're like my kids when they were nine screw them too <laughs> no it, it's, college. It's... make something yourself see if i care it's a lot better than I expected. I will say too, for the the in the prize pack, you will get a two ounce uh, package of this, so you guys can try it yourself as well. Seriously, it's a great. It is a really good blend. Their stuff is all free trade. It's really good stuff. And there's also, like I said, there's an author's there's a writer's war that goes on between me going back, Michael Broom, because Broom has oh Tiki. Let him call the table. How the hell is pronounced the god dang thing? All right, it's it's Kahlua flavored. Going back, I have something all American, so we got chestnut. Now, here's a schmuck who's into pumpkin spice, okay? He drives me crazy every year with pumpkin spice. He plagues me. He calls me up. He drops stuff off at my house. I had enough of this nonsense with him. But I got something to tell you going back. And I know you're shadow watching this because you're ghosting me. Because I, I know you're Mr. Famous with three times. You got your Ram Stoker Awards and stuff. Let me tell you something. Congratulations. It was Why do we have him on the show? You should. Have, oh, you should get Al. Al is. You want the worst puns you've ever had in your life? You think I'm bad? Put him on. I'll call in just to get out of here. Anyway, no, seriously. 
Al and I went back and forth on this, and I found out that basically, okay, you can have the pumpkins. The cinnamon belongs to everybody else. So your pumpkin spice, worthless, because I have your missing ingredient going back. Take that, <laughs> smartass. I'm sorry. That was just a little personal vendetta on your show. I apologize. Well, speaking speaking of pumpkin, you had something pumpkin-flavored you wanted to, to try out for it, right? Why do you think I'm in the mood I'm in? I've already drank three of them. <laughs> All right, nice. Sam Adams, God bless, and you're up in you're, you're up in that area. So, uh, Chris, I'm, I'm going to tell you something. Go, Sam. Anyway, a great founding father, and he buys yeah, your drink I, or two. I am a fan as well. The pumpkin ale he came up with, that the company came up with, Jim Cook came up with this time, excellent. I mean, seriously. I became not an aficionado of pumpkin spice, but I've been drinking a lot of them because, you know, Al and I talked about it back and forth. He said, try them, see what they're like. You know, he's got nine cases of shipyard ale stashed in his friggin' living room. <laughs> uh, that's usually the, like, some of the best pumpkin out there is uh, shipyard. So I don't trust <laughs> him. I know he's up to. He's trying to buy back Manhattan. We had a he's long like- talk about this a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> he and I are going to start a casino, by the way. We're, I'm serious. We're going to start a casino. I'm going to, I'm going to manage, and he's going to run the place. It's very simple type stuff. He's going to be two bear tannin bound. I'm going to be Hiawatha Shapiro. Hiawatha <laughs> Shapiro. Why? What's wrong with that? Look at he's like, We crossed the line, Mitch. You can't do that in Trump America. Yes, you fucking can. I just did. <laughs> the hell with it. Start laughing, people. You're going to need it. <laughs> you need, you're going to need more Bubba the Redneck World, which we have some surprises on that level, too, coming up. Anyway. Ooh. Uh, I did see part two listed on IMDb. Is that coming? We are now currently finally back into talking to a few people are getting this going. We had it nailed. <laughs> Unfortunately, two incidents happened. We had, we had people who were interested in doing the next Bubba movie. The problem, unfortunately, with that came down to the Me Too movement showed up. And, some, and unfortunately, a lot of people deserved it, got it. But there were some innocents got washed out. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, one of the innocents was someone that was kind of my contact in. They've all been, you know, verified that this never went on stuff, but for about seven, eight months and projects get lost in the mix. Yeah. So that's where we lost the first one. The second one we were going to go, I'm going to be honest with you, went international. Bubba did amazingly well overseas. I mean, we were, we made it to like, you know, most popular on Hulu. We actually made it to the number one slot for a couple of weeks. Wow. And it was, it was amazing. So I go back and, you know, I'm showing people this is what's going on. Because remember one thing, guys, if you get in the film distribution and all that stuff like that, yes, they're going to take a lot of your money. And yes, you're not going to make a lot on the first film. And, th- and don't worry about this exposure thing. You will make some money. And it will get you close enough to be able to promote and maybe possibly pull that second film off. Or at least rent a car and look like you deserve to be at the studio that day. Okay? <laughs> I'll tell you about the studio. That was a riot. Anyway, the point is this. We had it all nailed down, unfortunately – there was some international incidents that occurred that it's not, wasn't China and anything like that, that um, they will not work with America as easily right now. Yeah. I can imagine. And I yeah. have to, unfortunately I have to leave it there, but we were on German national television. A friend of mine told me that they had a cut. Co- they have a cousin that's over there. I never got to find out whether they got to see it properly on the, t- on the TV, but I saw the listings. I got a hold of the DVD. It's some of the funniest stuff you ever heard. And we weren't, Here's the thing about this movie. The way you know you have a good film is the fact that they didn't just sit there and just cap- close caption it. They redubbed the whole damn movie. Yes. I remember you saying that on the Blu-ray copy. I was like freaking. The- and the guy who's playing Satan is better than me. He's hilarious. 
He's got a better tone of voice. The guy playing Bubba, and I love Fred. He sounds like Fred after, after 14 hours of being that damn makeup. Get me, I don't give a shit what you do. Get me a beer and get me the fuck out of here. Okay. <laughs> it was, but think of that in German. And it was really good. Because you can't say anything nice in German. Everything just sounds mean. Even, even saying I love you in German just sounds mean. It's not very mean. It's a, you know, because I had an Austrian, no, I had an Austrian grandmother, and it wasn't really mean. It was like, yeah. don't fuck around, do what I tell you to do, and, and, and click your heels. Okay, Aggressive. I'm good. And make sure yep. your boots are polished. Sure. <laughs> you know, it's really strange about the boots being polished and shit, but it's, it's, it's okay. And I eventually got out of there. <laughs> <laughs> but they are nice boots, and, and they're very shiny, and that's what's important. <laughs> Especially if you don't break them off of somebody else's butt. It's a long story with the Germans. But anyway, <laughs> no, seriously, and I'm really honored. And I have a lot of great German fans. I was really happy. I got to communicate with a lot of people. I just couldn't believe how everyone could accept this, this crazy character. But you see, let me explain something about Bubba if you don't get. And there, there were people that were putting Bubba on, like rebel flag things. And, sh- and I used to fight over that. And I don't put up with the crap. I don't because here's why. Very simple. Bubba was about acceptance because Notice the one thing I was able to get through in the movie that I was really, I pushed hard for when he turns to a werewolf, nobody reacts. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's how all your friends, your community should be. Something should go wrong in your life. You lose, you know, an arm, a leg, whatever. Something should go wrong and you should walk in. They don't treat you any damn different exactly. because you are who you that's, are. That's exactly like the bartender in the movie. She was just like, Hey, Bubba. And he's kind of like, uh, what? <laughs> Like, and he's like, oh, look at me, I'm great, yeah. right? Nope, there goes, now, now also the great thing is, there goes your ego getting out of control. So let's mm-hmm. put your little ego away and you go back to being Bubba. Let's see if this newfound ability of yours with better strength, better ability thinking and a, nice, and a nicer person to hang out with like Bobby Joe might get your brain back in gear. And it was all about positivity. Now I know it sounds really yeah. weird. There's a horror movie, supposed to be comedy. Mm-hmm. But read, if anyone reads the comics besides me, <laughs> I only have to read them because I write the some bitches. Otherwise, I wouldn't <laughs> read the damn things either. You know, I was a, I was a really big bone freak back in the day. I love that. Jeff Smith is brilliant. And the thing is <laughs> that it was about acceptance. And that's what Bubba's all about. And I was very happy that a lot of people in the LGBTQ community have picked up Bubba as kind of like a icon for themselves. I know quite a few people that are using Bubba kind of as a shield. And I like it because the simple fact that you know, it doesn't matter who you are. It matters that inside of you, you are always going to be what you are, no matter what. Yeah. And that was the cool part about it. You know, so it's not a matter of polarizing him to be one thing or another. He's supposed to be that positive force that moves into the neighborhood. Either you can't stand the guy. He's the neighbor who you either can't stand or he's the coolest guy you've ever met. Or he's just great because you can go over there and sell Girl Scout cookies and, and Boy Scout tins full of popcorn, too, because he's a sucker. He'll take it all the time. <laughs> right yeah. we all want that guy right. living in the neighborhood and that's bubba the furry that's... community loves us too from wolfman Hal. so See, that's no <laughs> he and i are gonna oh, no, 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 no. now look i'm not gonna say anything bad about furries <clears throat> anyway about furries. i'm only gonna say this you have a very interesting lifestyle bubba is a, is a copyrighted character if i've ever find him in flagrado you're gonna wind up in the grotto you know, and I used to be an I, alligator hunter, and I know where the good ones are, the big ones. You know, you, you know the beauty of this is now I know what I'm being for Halloween. So <laughs> that, just, <laughs> that just answered that. 
I'm telling you, there you go. go. One more mystery of life solved. That's right. Okay, babies come from here. Oh, we can't do that one, can we? That'll be the next podcast. Okay, we'll go into that. Okay, later. Okay. <laughs> Look at Mike. Mike was all excited. He was like, oh, "Come on, we're gonna find out." Damn it! <laughs> I would. I, I still have. I'm 45 years old, and I still haven't had the talk. Oh, you know something? No. I knew to you. Don't. You don't need it. It's very simple. If nothing bad has happened to you now, here, here's the doll. All right, let me hold the doll up. Now. Point to the devil and show me where he didn't touch you. <laughs> Everywhere. Exactly. Calling. So I'm not anything to do with it. Keep your paternity suit. Screw you, kid. I'm out of this. Oh, man. How's that for playing? Who the hell would name their kid Mitch? <laughs> you know? I already told you that story. I told you my father was up to this son of a bitch. <laughs> your dad, seriously. Hope the Dodgers are winning. He was a Dodgers speaking, fan. Speaking of stories, I need to, to take it off above of Bubba for a second because I, I read this. Thank online. God. <laughs> I, I, it's coming right back to you, but I, I read this online. And I wanted to hear it in your own words. Tell me the inspiration for Vinny and Mook. Oh, you know, so, thank you. <laughs> you no, you don't understand how much that thank you. Okay. This is gonna be a cra- there's gonna be a bit of a crazy story, so just hang on, okay? I'm I'm excited to hear it in your own words. I My really dad can. was a dry cleaner when I was when I was a, when I was really, really young. Okay. He went on to do other things, but originally he was a dry cleaner. You know, this cleaning store. Now I'm gonna be honest with you, you can tell by my accent. Originally I came from up north. Okay. No. You couldn't tell by that? No, you ready not for at this? All. Ready for this? I'm a Tampa Bay and I was a Boston Red Sox fan. I was born in the Bronx. Ugh. How the fuck did that happen? Tell me about it, okay? Here's the wow. thing. I got taught how to throw a ball by Whitey Ford himself. My father used to do the Yankees laundry. So I actually met a few of them. And they were really sweet. They're really good guys. But here's the thing. I never could take the Yankees after 1976. When Thurman Munson was gone, the Yankees were gone. That was it. That was just the way I looked at it. Because then also they turned to a bunch of crazy thugs. To me. They might have been that before, but my kid's eyes were wide open. I'm done with it. So that's my Yankee story. Anyway, go back to my dad. Here's what happened. Father had this cleaning store, and next to him was a butcher, and on the other side was a candy store. I used to go buy my first comic book set. So they were always really nice to me. And I'd go over to the butcher shop and I'd get a, you know, a hot dog and sit there and have a sandwich and talk to the guy and all that. He was a really nice guy. I found out many years later there were certain interesting things going on between these three buildings. My father had a tunnel, it turned out, under the cleaning store that people would leave the candy store to go to the butcher shop and sometimes wouldn't leave the butcher shop. (laughs) Now, dad's gone. I have no idea. The FBI can suck it because I, you know, this is a long time ago, okay? You're talking a long, long goddamn time ago. Al Capone was still about seven years old during this. He hadn't even come into the picture yet. So I noticed that there were some very interesting people who used to hang around my father's store, some of my father's friends. They were really cool people. They dressed really nice. They always seemed to be doing something, and they always were really good about, hey, kid, go get a hot dog and get a, get a comic book or something like that. Yeah, I didn't talk to your father for a while. Well, it turns out I had met Vinnie Mook. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I'm being quite honest with you. This is who they were back in the day. They were amalgam of about three or four different people that my father was really good friends with. And one he grew up with as a kid. And was a really sweet guy. He was his friend all the way to the end. They died within a month of each other. I mean, they were, that t- they were the tightest of buddies. And this was just, a, just some friends of his. And I would just 
go to the dinners, you know, you go to these wonderful houses where they had like two kitchens. They had one kitchen upstairs, one kitchen downstairs. They had like three dining rooms. I love these houses, right? And these these families were like 95,000 people in the family. Everybody was related to somebody else. So you're a little kid, you're running through. It was like a wonderland. So I grew up with this great affected view of these kind of individuals. And I'm not saying what they are, right? I'm being very smart about that, right? Yeah. Exactly. Remember, we all know where everybody lives, except me. That's why I use the camera. Schmucks. Anyway, <laughs> so I came with the idea for them, and I thought to myself, going, this is really cool. And I got into reading, you know, the Mario Puzo fiction, all the rest of it, and got into the whole thing. It's like anybody else. But I got a kick out of something. I started thinking to myself, going, these are really like 007 in a weird way. They're train killers. But what if they go up against something that doesn't die or easily? And that's where I got the idea to go, okay, let's do super hitmen of the supernatural. And I remember a story where some young girl had been kidnapped from a nightclub in like California and wound up in some strange organization or their sex slave or some of the stuff. And they said the mob was involved with some of the nonsense. And that's where I came up with, with the idea for Vinnie Mook and for the first novel where I basically had Rochelle, my heroine, kidnapped out of a nightclub and taken to the Caribbean. Now, I lived in the Caribbean for about two and a half years and the West Indies. And in the West Indies, you can see all kinds of interesting things like, let's say, zombies, the real ones. Now, this is 1979, okay? And 1979, Martinique. And I'm sitting at this cafe, and this guy goes, you know, this friend of mine work, I'm working with Laylee. He goes, he goes, he goes, hey, Florida, put your head down, don't look up. I'm like, what? He goes, don't look up. Just don't look up. I'm like, okay. I'm looking down, all of a sudden this stink hits my I mean, this is a stench. And I just see these dirty feet walking past and dragging some tools and walking past me. And I look at Laylee. I said, what the hell is that? He goes, Papa. I said, Papa what? He goes, no. He goes, Obi-Man. I said, what? He goes, voodoo, zombie. I said, oh, bullshit. Right? No. <laughs> Turns out that you go to certain parts of the Caribbean. If you, now, remember, Serpent in the Rainbow, the movie Serpent in the Rainbow. Mm -hmm. Have you all seen it? Oh, yeah. I have, I have not. You need to, because that's pretty accurate. It's Haiti, but Martinique was another center that had this kind of stuff going on. So I'm not sure what I saw that day, but I do know that the, most of the zombies that we know of were drugged. You know, they were usually people that were drugged and forced into labor. That's most of what it was if you look up really what zombie was all about. There's the other voodoo type, which is the loas and the spirits. I actually attended two of those ceremonies down in the islands, and those are wild. People eat glass, fire. You should. You can't believe what's going on. You stand there, and you're like, you know, you're a kid. You're young, and you're like, holy crap! If you don't think it's going to make you come back and do things like Bubba the Redneck World for Vinnie and Mook, you're out of your freaking minds. Okay, that's the kind of shit that set me off the road to doing this kind of stuff. So I kind of combined my experiences and my imagination, and pulled and did these things. Now the problem is, it's not for everybody because it's really pretty far out there stuff. People are used to things that someone's already written before, based on something written before. You know what I'm trying to say, right? Yeah. But when you go, I've got friends who do totally original work, like uh, like my friend Mike Broom, Mike Davey will do stuff. Like that. I have another friend, Morgan Wilson, brilliant artist. I've got a lot of friends who do absolutely original. They do only original stuff. And the original stuff that these guys do 
is either wildly accepted or what the fuck was that? <laughs> it really is. But if you take the time with the what the fuck was that, you might dig in and find something brand new that may be part of something you remember dimly in the back of your head that can reconnect with you. That's why I always like to go to the bookstore when there is a bookstore to go to. <laughs> Because I don't go to Amazon because I can't tell for their writers because all the writers do the writers. So who the hell knows what these people are talking about? <laughs> no offense to everybody self-publishing and doing a wonderful job out there. He lied. Anyway, the thing is this, <laughs> that you can find something very unusual and very different. And that's what you want to seek out. It's like movies, like all the great new films that people are coming up with right now. And now they've been forced to work with like small groups, like only two, three people to film. It's amazing how much texture they're putting into the stories themselves and into each character because they each small character cast has to carry these movies now i think it's absolutely brilliant i nothing better to me than an original idea that immediately attracts me to it uh I, for example the uh your movie uh bubba the redneck werewolf i mean that we watched it. I know you've. I know Michael saw it a few times before me. I, I watched it two times this week, and I was immediately like, "This is off the wall. I love this." I was like, "It was a great." What do you got? Six. He's got six. He's six really times, got yeah. me beat. There you go. Uh, I thought it was a great idea, and I chalked Thank it up uh, when I was talking to him last night. Uh, Cabin in the Woods. That was a movie that high phrase. To, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. That's going to always be in my top ten favorite movies because you went into this thinking, "Oh, it's going to be one of these like." You know they're trapped with a with a killer out out in the woods. Not what you got at all. Not it was completely different, and it was so original. Thanks, man. Really, we really appreciate the fact that you know it was really a concept that was unexpected. And then when you got it all together, and you know we all got together and looked at the, the original script, okay, and it was all right. And then we all got together and said, you know, let's just beat the snot out of this and see what we can do. And then there were times we start ad libbing on the set. I mean, like this way, the look on their faces when I said, I'm going to originally, okay, there's a scene where there's a lot of tension. We're in the room. I'm going to marry. Remember that scene at the end where I go, I'm going to marry, right? And all the yeah. girls are getting primped up already and stuff like that. They didn't expect me to do what I did. That was ad lib? When I, yeah, when I worked, I looked at poor Gary. I said, I'm going to marry Cletus. <laughs> I wonder where he's going to take you on the home. I, it was, it was, but guess they were all a lot of them dude improv now the first take okay. then we have the hell to do with it they're like okay no 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 no. i don't even have that take i wish i did but because the look on their faces was priceless trust me <laughs> but that's why when you put me in the bed with bubba they start laughing my ass i'm going i either make incest jokes because he's really my son or i just go with this but anyway <laughs> really dirty the waters but we came back and then it got funny and you know i mean it's like but i love gary because gary looks over and goes i don't know if my cornhole can take this <laughs> There were people in that place. Got to remember, the place was live. We were in yeah. a we were in an airy uh, Eagles airy, which is basically a VFW. We have Navy Seals. We've got ex Cream Berets. They're all drunk. They're all singing. They're all dancing. Thank God they're all clothed. But you know, if you stayed long enough, it got weird. The thing is, <laughs> they were like the harshest, most dangerous critics you ever had. If they didn't like a line and it was live, it went down on that film because. We had just so much time to film, and you saw the, the kind of amazing equipment we were using. Canon Mark VI cameras and, and, and crap from Amazon. And Oh, yeah, we could see it reflected in the TV. We were good. <laughs> and Radio Shack was going out of business. We were just grabbing crap. They call it looting. We didn't. 
We called hey. it never mind. Social distancing. Hey. What? Hey, you guys gonna <laughs> use that uh, all that hi-hate tape? Is that uh, can I just take that? I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna borrow this. <laughs> I'm just gonna go ahead and borrow this. That's fine, right? <laughs> but, like I said, but the looks on people's faces, my favorite scene had to be when we did the bowling alley and we walked in there as a kid's party. Now this is Thursday afternoon, in the middle of a week and um, like March. We're not expecting a kid's party. We really weren't, but they weren't expecting a redneck werewolf either. <laughs> we walked in. It was like party clowns are here. I mean, it, I was <laughs> waiting for Sergio Leone to come in. And, okay. We're going to take it a scene, move it down this way. Okay. We're good. Because it was that, I mean, no, it was really like, and so this, this little kid comes walking up to Fred. And Fred's a dad. And Fred's one of the best dads you ever met. Now, I, I even work, I worked sage work with his son and everything, his daughter. They're all great kids. And walks up to, this, to him, tugs on his pants leg and looks, looks up and goes, you're not here to hurt us, are you? Huh? <laughs> and I jumped and said, no, but I am. No. And I said, you know, and the kid, and Fred goes, no, I'm a good werewolf. Man, I'm here to take care. I'm here for your party. Yay. So some kids get a magician. Some kids used to get a clown because clowns are scary now, so we don't have clowns anymore. <laughs> but now we have kids getting a redneck werewolf. That's you know, I almost shut party. down the whole movie and went into the redneck werewolf party business. Is there the hell with this? Is there how many people would want one? Can you imagine some of those things at a bris? <laughs> how many people there know what one is? And if you do, you get the joke. And if you don't, you're a schmuck. Work on that one. Anyway, next. <laughs> Both of those things tie in together perfectly. That was great. <laughs> oh, that's wrong. Okay, that was really wrong. That was my, my, you throw an umbilical cord and you do the umbilical cord joke with the tie-in. You don't do that uh, with the bris. Oh, that's the only tip. Of, that's only the tip oh. of the. That's the tip of this joke. Oh, you want to hear, hear a great? I'll give you a great bris joke. This is why I used to use in my routine. There's two people walking down the street in front of a hospital. The windows are open. It's a hot day. The air conditioner is broken in the hospital. Right. There's a brisk going upstairs. So the rabbi goes, da -da 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 -da, whatever the hell it is, and he hits the tip. It flies out the window. The man and woman walking down the street, he goes, I can't believe how many big buildings they have in this town. She goes, yeah, I'm amazed. She says, amazed, and the thing flies right in her mouth. His husband saw, her husband saw it. The husband, she looks at she starts choking. She goes, oh, my God. What was that? He goes, well, let me put this way. If you like it, I know where you get a whole one. Uh. <laughs> Thank you. We're all going in. Look at him. He turned red. Look at this shit. See, I'm red. Now, everybody's got a little red going. So this is good. Oh, that's great. Wasn't that awful? <laughs> and get going back on here. His jokes are worse. <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> I, I'm a fan of, of the worst comedy. Like, if you give me the absolute worst jokes, I'm the fan. <laughs> I'm, waiting for, I'm waiting for someone to come out as the dad comic. Someone to walk up going, I'm the dad comic. Like they used to have the unknown comic, all that shit. Like, somebody out there, all right, we're inspiring you. This is what I do. Calling all people, calling all people with a brain in your heads. Become the dad comic. That is all. <laughs> and if you're a woman being the dad comic, even better. <laughs> this day and age, why not? <laughs> you, need a, you need dad jokes, right? So get the dad comic. They'll be opening for the Moody Blues because everybody else does in Vegas. Anyway, <laughs> who the hell even knows who they are anymore? Michael knows. I love the movie. Oh! <laughs> well, this is only a question of balance. She'll be okay. <laughs> there is, let's see, the Moody Blues joke and everything. See how, see how special this all becomes quickly if you people let us. <laughs> yes. <laughs> anyway, Mike, further questioning. Or I you just want to get the hell out of here and run like no. when you can. 
no, no, you, you stay with us as long as you want. But I, I do get, <laughs> I'm moving in next week. I'm going to the hell out of here. I saw the pool. I'm good. What? <laughs> Wait, you saw my pool? Awesome. <laughs> he's he's actually in your backyard right now. It's what, what actually I've been in I've been in his backyard since March. Yeah. <laughs> this is where I decided to you know spend my you know my pandemic. How do you think I got a tiki bar? Nice. How do you think you got a tiki bar, huh? How's that? And a roadster. Yeah. How the hell did you get the roadster though? I was in the garage. Anyway, go on. <laughs> I have to ask Bubba Beauregard Blanche. What was the inspiration for that whole name? That was hilarity itself. When I was younger. I had these really, I had the wonderful group of crazy friends. I mean, they were completely friggin' nuts. They should have been, they were like something out of a Dave Barry novel. Okay. They're crazy. They were capable of anything. They would, they would steal Christmas trees from the, from a drive-in that had, that had sold Christmas trees sometimes during the wintertime. Then they would go to a Albertson's parking lot, tell the guy, let them set up over there and they'd sell the Christmas trees. (laughs) One time they sold about a dozen of the Christmas trees back to the friggin' lot they stole them from. (laughs) Nice. <laughs> I'm, I'm not making this up. That's great. These are the people I grew up with. This is where my morality came from, which I don't have any. Okay. No, seriously. Bubba Beauregard Blanche came from two, from about two, three different sources. And this very good friend named Big Jimmy, who's about nine feet tall, and I own my bar is my bouncer and one of my closest friends. And he would pick up the back of his pickup truck to tell people, "This is not a good idea to act up tonight. And I'll put your head under there. I'm going to drop it on you. Stop it." Okay, there's another friend of mine named Bubba, and Bubba was just one of the funniest, sweetest, nicest people you ever met in your whole life. He was this big, he was a, one of those big fellas you see on a motorcycle or something. You think he's going to kick your ass? He's the nicest guy. He's the guy you want to save you from getting your ass kicked. Okay, he was that guy. But they were the craziest people in the world because both of them had this one proclivity for being six foot. They were six foot five, and one was three hundred pounds. Okay. They knew each other also. It was like having two dangerous bookends to hang out with. <laughs> and you and you were a pamphlet, okay? Like the great Jewish sports heroes. It was that pamphlet with three people <laughs> on it, right? And they removed the two of them because I don't like them anymore. Anyway, go, go Hammer and Hank. Anyway, so moving on, Kofax. Point is this. We had these two would get drunk. And it was like they turned to animals. Now, one loved wolves. He was just this wolf freak. He wanted to have a wolf. He wanted to buy a wolf. He used to go into wolf preserves and play with the wolves, let them piss on him, whatever he did. He loved wolves, okay? And he would, he would get drunk and turn freaking into like a whole different person. And we used to sit there and go, oh, yeah, give him a beer. He turns into a werewolf. And I started laughing about this going, you know, something really reminds me a whole lot of it. So for Halloween one year, I did a werewolf. Now, the problem is I couldn't afford all the, ha- all the hair because back then it was hard to find all the stuff you needed. This is the 80s and stuff. They had people had big hair, but if you took it off their head, they get mad. Like, you try to shape Bowie's head back then. He got really pissy. You know how it is. <laughs> so we, I, had, I had to put on a ball cap. I had a net, you know, net trucker cap and that and a pair of overalls because back then people were wearing overalls. It was the style at the time. So there I am, Bubba the Redneck Werewolf. I did it just to bust my buddy's chops walking and going, hey, look, I'm you for the night with a, dr- with a buzz on. Yeah, he took it really well. He came back the next year as the tequila bandito, knocked me on the floor and filled me till it was like, you know, I mean, the eyeballs were floating. <laughs> going, yeah, nah, let's see how you walk out of here now. I couldn't. That was the end of that. That's what we got even with each other. We got each other extraordinarily drunk. <laughs> Okay, so that's why it explains the lack of brain cells I, I am now exhibiting during all my writing and whatever. 
So we drank so, a lot. I'm sorry. The Blanche wasn't a Golden Girls reference. Blanche was all okay. Blanche was an ex partner of mine that I worked with that had, let's just put it this way, done some dirty deeds and he did them not really dirt cheap because it cost me a lot of money and I had to straighten everything out. He has since passed on off of this planet, but I always wanted to remind myself to never get involved in any more characters like that by naming Bubba after him. So this way it would always be in front of me and I always show redemption. It was all part of Bubba's redemption, to be honest with you. Gotcha. Fun yeah, I'm com- complicated for an idiot, aren't I? I owe my wife five bucks. Damn. <laughs> Wait, do you read his writing? Nobody can decipher this shit. It's great. I, I beg. The Rosetta sure. Stone's easier. What? This this is really easy. <laughs> More shit. <laughs> Don't put. You know, my wife has this four foot friggin' monitor. Okay, I'm warning in advance. Don't do that again. That was frightening. <laughs> I'm using hers. Mine's only two and a half feet. At least that's what I tell her anyway. Braggart. So she had Zoom. Okay, I didn't. All right. You feel better? I don't take meetings. So the book, you were holding the book up. Yes, you had a question about the book. Uh, no, I was just saying it, it, uh, writing is, is very easy to get through. I, I actually really enjoy this. So. Thanks. No, Mike, I really appreciate it. The first book was a complicated, I'm going to be honest with you. The first novel is 300 to 400 pages, depending on which publisher you got. And it was, it was back then, though, it was, you got to remember, it was written in like the mid 2000s. So you had this serious, I mean, novels back then were Stephen King length and everyone still had attention spans. Yeah. So if you wrote a light novel, it would be called novella or something. You couldn't get accepted or you wouldn't be considered, you know, so you, you overwrote. And then you found an editor who knew how to clean up your overwriting. She had seen that thing was for originally. The Bible had less, you know, volumes going than I did, okay? <laughs> Gutenberg, he, he would have run out of letters the first three pages with me. <laughs> the point is that, you know, at least I'm getting Chris here. Mike just gives to a little stalling screen, stays in the background, and just goes, I can hardly wait this shit's over and get some burrow or churro Cheetos or whatever the hell the shit was. Anyway, you're not eating a snack food, man. Uh, Come on. Good point. I'm sorry. Prove to everybody it's uh, okay and it's not harmful. Well, General Foods. Okay. General Foods. Oh my God! Look at the. Oh my! I only seen that look once before, and that was when. I was, never mind. It's a long story, but this girl didn't know anything about uh, sex. Anyway, so the thing oh. is, what? I knew, was, I knew it was going there. <laughs> I knew it. So I like, why did you wait for? Why don't you just blank me out when you had a chance? Shit, he's right. Can we do have a do over? I'll do it I again. Do, yeah. Fine, fine. Get the coin flip. <laughs> Here we go. No, but all kidding around aside, I wrote the first one very complicated. The second one I wrote very, very stream of conscious. They were the stories I really wanted to tell, and I wanted to sit in a room and have a drink and go, you know, I got to tell you a funny story. And that's how that thing is written. And you'll find a lot of the books I do now are what I call something raconteur. Fancy schmancy and stuff, right? French and all that crap, because my family is French, however. I'm allowed to get away with this shit. <laughs> Seriously, we fought in the underground. We didn't come out. Anyway, the thing is, <laughs> they wanted to bury most there. of my family before the war. Anyway, so. <laughs> oh, well. Anyhow, moving on. Uh, no, I, wrote it, I wrote it in this very stream of conscience. So you can sit down and actually, the reconteur style is basically storytelling. If you sit in a room with somebody going, hey, I'm going to tell you a crazy story. And that's what it's all, that style is the style I wrote it in. 
I'm not trying to affect, you know, any fancy this. I want people to sit down and really read because I find that people are held off by these be things called the Chicago style, the Turavian style or the footnote style, this style. There's so many styles of writing, which I don't have any problem with. I think it's, it's wonderful. Use your grammar, get your spelling correct, get your concept right. You got a good deal. You're good to go. But you don't have to sit there and look down your nose at anybody else who didn't have the absolute most formal of training. But can they tell a good story? How many friends do you have that are intelligent people, wonderfully intelligent? They're doctors, lawyers, probably shit like that. Can they tell a story? Zero. Look at this. Look at this. Okay. You know, he's talking about that girl I told you about. I didn't know much about sex. Don't tell her that's it. That's wrong. That's what I did. That's how I got in trouble. Anyways. So is that it? That's that's all there is. So, no, but it's not kidding. No, seriously. And that's what it comes down to is that you've got friends that can tell a story. So if you are a storyteller, I highly recommend, please get your iPhone or your Android, whatever you got, something. Get a taper, some taping devices, something that'll tape your voice. And some, or just write. Just tell me a story and don't worry about the dialogue and the syntax and all this. Write it out. See if you can write out a story. I used to teach college, okay? Oh. And one of the things I used to do with my students was I used to tell them, I want you to do me a favor. Tell me a story. Orally, film it, write it out for me. Come back in here next week and tell me a story. And here's the story I want you to tell me. And this is an exercise for you guys to try. Your morning. Just tell me when you first, the, when you, and it means when the eyes open, the first thing you see, the first thing you feel, first everything. And then write it out just straight. Tell me how your morning is going. Now, show this to somebody who is a very good reader and see if they find it even interesting, okay? Because if you can tell an interesting story, even opening your eyes, getting a slice of toast and going, you know, and going to look out the window to see if the neighbors have blocked you in the driveway again is going to still make a decent story rather than waking up telling me about alien attacks and crap like that because, okay, wonderful. I want you to tell me the human story because everything you're going to write is going to be about something that's going to have a basis in being human. Even creatures you're going to write, even supernatural stuff is going to be based in human. Like your computer is based on your brain. Maybe not mine, thank God, because this actually works. But for the most part, your computer is based on your synapses, the way you fire, the way you think, the way you see, the way that even you view things, even plays it back to you on your screen, the way that your eyes can recognize so the whole point is about story recognition. So if you want to know if you're going to be a writer, you want to know if you're sitting in the pandemic like everybody else, and I'm going to get really nasty and get even and deal with the kids because this is the way it is. I've looked at enough, I've been nice and looked at over 150 pandemic novels. Oh geez. Thank God I was a, I was a college instructor and I know how to speed read and crap like that. Holy shit. I'm sorry. I couldn't get through it quick enough. <laughs> this was like getting a, okay. This was like getting a tooth pulled, a crown put on and all doing it at TSA. <laughs> Try that for a visual while, kids. While in line for the TSA. Oh, and while in line. Okay. And you know, and screw your pre-check. Okay. Stand there with your sneakers off you bastard. And the socks. Right? Did you pick? You had to pick the bunny socks with the hole in them, didn't you? Today, you dumbass. Anyway, the thing, <laughs> the thing is, seriously, to tell that's to tell that story, and to tell it well. So, 
I know that a lot of you wrote stuff, but please go back and write me the story of the first morning you woke up and realized that you weren't going to work, you were essential, or you had no place really to go. Get that story. Write that story. Get some more of those stories, and you'll have yourself something that I guarantee you'll be able to sell. Or at least make a nice little short film out of. Now, how would you recommend for folks that do want to get into something like that to go about getting into that? They put their their words, their thoughts, their their dreams out on this paper. Now, how do they they go about trying to get it published? Okay, and here's where really, and here I'm going to get serious for a few minutes. When I taught my class, I used to tell my classes very simply this: you can rent a house in the Bahamas for a week for about twenty five hundred bucks, three thousand dollars, something like that, right? Or you can buy a house in the Bahamas if you invest that same money into yourself. So here's what you do. Write the tale well. Go find a small – when they'll be back. Hang on. Find a small convention when the time comes. Set yourself up a small table for 30 to 50 bucks. Not a big show, just some place to be there. Go find an online publisher that will publish your first few books. Now, these are not pre-press editions. These are your first edition, but they're basically sales editions. And you write in it sales edition because it's a sales edition. I don't care if you want to fight and argue with me over it, all you people out there, all you other authors and writers and crap, because I know all of you, okay? Here's how it all works. It's a new world. You dinosaurs get get over it. we got to promote. And if you're going to promote, you've got to say what you're promoting. This is a sales edition. I'm selling this edition. It's my first one. Let me know what you think. Set up a website. Set up a mailing list. Keep in contact. Groom these people, say hello, see what's going on, throw something in every now and then, do a blog every now and then. Okay, I know I got busy. I fell off on mine. I just had my hands full of the stupid pandemic and a lot of crap going on around me. But here's the thing. Do that. Get some feedback. Then go to a show like San Diego Comic-Con. Listen to me. Put the money down. I have had more people strike gold in San Diego than they did in 1849 in San Francisco. <laughs> okay? That, that, that's a life goal of mine to make it out to one of those cons. In I'm San telling Diego. you, SDCC and NYCC, they're yeah. looking. They, they're there and they're looking. Now, those tables are wickedly expensive. What you are going to do at that point is roll up to any of the publishers asking if there's an editor there that day. Are they taking any submissions? And go up very respectfully. Don't go up there going, this is the best thing you ever goddamn saw in your whole freaking life. You take this. Okay. Let me tell you about one of my con- – let me tell you how not to go about it. And I'm going to use a very famous person and an incident. I am known at San Diego Comic-Con for capable of doing anything. Okay? Okay. I have had some seriously undue attention just for being a smartass. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> including a really, here you have a really good after, a really good time with Conan O'Brien one day, and it was that was very funny. There was a guy that was they had Adult Swim had this stupid carnival in the back, and they had a, a, a what's it called one of those bags you jump on is a stunt man that you could jump off a building, right? Well, a guy dressed like Superman jumps off the building, so of course I yelled out, going, "Holy shit! Lex Luthor's in the crowd. He's got kryptonite." I got paid back for that later that day. Let me explain what happened. Because, you know, Conan's, I see Conan O'Brien laughing behind me. like going, holy shit. That guy's funny. He's got a head you could post bills on. Okay, you could put billboards on that stuff. <laughs> yeah, he's not a small man. Nice fellow. Big. F- anyway, so I'm in the show. And I'm standing on a chair. And I'm threatening to jump. If somebody doesn't buy a comic from me, at my, I'm at my publisher. We're Creature Entertainment at the time. And I'm threatening to jump. So this guy walks up. 
and he's going to buy a comic. I said, there's a, Hey kid, put that down. It's not a library. I said, by the way, that is the worst Batman costume I've ever seen in my whole damn life. You know, what he's wearing a V from Vendetta mask. <laughs> Well, I mean, you were accurate. That is the well, I told, Deadpool he was, I told Deadpool he was a slutty Wonder Woman earlier, so don't worry about it. But the thing is, he is actually. It's the truth. Ask Ryan. He'll tell you. Anyway, here's the, <laughs> no, here's the thing. So he looks at me and goes, oh, yeah? I said, yeah. He lifts the mask up. Guess who it is? Henry Cavell. <laughs> no. uh, you know what I said? I was right. That was the worst Batman thing I've ever seen. You're terrible. Get out of here and pay for the comic. And $10, please. Well, what was really good about that is I had other people that were other, let's just say, celebrity type folk come by the table afterward because I was supposed to be funny. So being funny worked. And I got to meet a few people and got a few things accomplished and made a little ground. My point I'm making is that when you go to these shows, be kind to yourself be kind to somebody else around you it's going to be rough it's going to be hot it's going to be hard to push around pick your targets early don't go on saturday go on the thursdays the wednesdays the fridays the sundays the dead dog days you have a better chance of talking to somebody and be prepared if you're going to be prepared it's very simple it's called look online get a synopsis and something else we call if you're going to do film call get something called a deck look it up i'm not going to tell you you'll have to look it up D-E-C-K, make a deck. That is a present tense. Not a dick. I see you smiling. Now it's a deck, god dang it. I know what I'm saying. I, it, I will make the finger laugh. again. Go the whole thing again. Here it is. The, the, see, he did see in Brazil you get in trouble for that. Brazil gets everything. Anyway, my point is this. You go there like that, ready and prepared. The best thing you can do though is the following, though. If you're gonna do a movie, get your friends together. Get an iPhone. They have all kinds of great steady cam equipment now you can pick up for like nothing, 100, 200, 300 bucks. Get some friends together and do something astounding but simple. A friend of mine did a film I thought was one of the most amazing things I've ever seen. He had a basketball just bounced into the scene. Okay? A swing just starts swinging by itself. Okay. Saw a pair of sneakers. And then you saw a pair of these like misshapen, crazy looking feet. They ran out into the woods. The basketball disappears. Well, somebody started, picked up the basketball around the wood. The basketball comes flying back. It looks scorched. You hear a scream. The swing stops and the screen went black. Hey. Do you know what that got that person? A development deal for a Netflix show. <laughs> nice. I am not kidding. Okay. Well, what, what was the, what was the show? Do you, do you know what, what it ended up becoming? Unfortunately, I am not allowed to reveal that information ah. until the damn thing is a non-disclosure. But I about fell out when I asked him, "How the hell did you pull this off?" And his wife laughed her ass off because it was his wife's idea. And I said, "So when is she getting the money?" And he goes, she's getting 90% of the money. I said, she better or else I'll come over there. So it was just well put together then, right? It was the two of them did it as a couple. It was really fun. Yeah. I'm just getting around. But the two of them did something very well put together. And that's the whole thing. And it was 35, 45 seconds. Hmm. That's all it takes. You want to make that impression. Remember they say about that making that first impression? You can tell by handing anybody a book or a comic or any of that stuff within the first 
five seconds if they're going to want it or they're going to just say, no, nope, it's not mine. It's not for me. Right. Yeah. yeah. When you, okay. When you buy a book. Okay. Let me ask you, Mike, when you buy a book. Okay. Mm-hmm. And you've read three of them now. So you're really doing good. And the Dick and Jane <laughs> one, we're going to count that including the book reports. So we're good. No, seriously. <laughs> oh, Chris, shut up. You only read two. Here's the thing. Uh, and you're reading the Beverly and Ramona stuff. Ooh, you weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> No, all kidding around. Very clearly was cool. No, Henry Huggins, always good. Point is this. When you buy a book, what do you look at? Is it the cover? What sells you a book? Tell me. Uh, Both of you. Sells me immediately is the cover, and then I read the very last paragraph. Uh, and if it catches me with that and I want to know the rest of the story, then I'm hooked. So you read the very last paragraph of the story in the very last page, right? Yes. Wow. Interesting. That's and you know, I'm not going to make any cheap jokes about, oh, you ruined stories for yourself. And that's, um, that's absolutely fascinating. So you still, you prove yourself to have a critic's way about you, seriously. Because only a critic could sit there and know an ending and want to know, okay, so how did you get to this point? Even be interested to follow that path and journey. Only an editor is as crazy as that to do. <laughs> seriously. I mean, all kidding around sign, man. All right, yeah. so Chris, what does it draws you to a book? Uh, the exact cover, uh, what, yeah. whatever's on the cover of it, and whatever the synopsis gives me on the back of it. If it's if it's something that, uh, to me, you know, make, makes something that I, I would want to read, then that's pretty much it. But I, it, if you give me the basis of the story, and yeah. if it's interesting enough, then it'll for me anyway. If it's interesting enough, then I'll I'll be interested. And I think everybody's pretty much the same way because all right, you have darkened all right, you have darkened stormy night, don't you, Mike? Somewhere, I don't believe so. Okay, unfortunately, I don't have it with me, but I want you guys can go on Amazon and look up this book. It was one that was done by myself and several other authors, and they were really just wonderful, just wonderful, cool people. Like you know, and I remember you this, about this. This book is what we called a blind round robin. My wife was an editor for a couple of different book companies, and she came up with an idea that she wanted to do this based on this really bad 60s thing that was gone down. A bunch of 60s famous writers got together and wrote a book of sex stories, but they had no idea what the other one had written. They just wrote stories, right? She wanted to go one better. She took the most intuitive of all my writing friends, okay, and... Tyson Hanks and Melissa Jibo and a few other ones. And here's what she did. She gave us, she gave a premise called The Dark and Stormy Night, the worst title ever, right? The old Snoopy joke. She gave it to the first writer and said, write a short story. She then took the last page of the short story and gave it to the next writer saying, write a story. Continue. We only got the last page of the last person's story. And sometimes that last page was only a paragraph. <laughs> and I got to tell you what's really crazy when you know a project's right and it works and you have the right people. How many, it, how many stories were all together? To make that? I believe there were six. Six. Or, hang on. Give me just one second. Sure. He posted we have recently and I, I, it sounded like such an awesome premise when I was reading about it on Facebook. Um, so I got to look into that. That does sound like a good idea. The uh, just again, just for a reminder. Uh, so he's he's will... back up, he'll be fine in the morning. Don't worry about it, Gus. <laughs> he's only a state uh, senator. The hell with him. Anyway, oh yes, here we are. Okay, it was Melissa Jibo, Tyson Hanks, John Catapano, Victoria Nations, Lynn Gibson, and myself. So what we have here is basically we have yeah six stories. 
And I got the honor of having the last one. I got clean up. Literally, you know, I mean, not clean up the fourth position, but sixth position. And I'm telling you, I get handed this. I'm like, oh, all right. I got to go all the way outside the box. And it, we, I took it all over the place. But it worked. It's really short. All the money from it, by the way, goes to Wounded Warriors and Spina Bifida. I mean, uh, Canine Warriors and Spina Bifida. It's on Amazon. It's called Dark, The Dark and Stormy Night. Just Google that plus my name and you'll find it. It's like 99 cents and all the money goes to charity. But you'll find it interesting because it's the first time that we know of, and I've checked with several of the publishers, including you know some big timers. No one's ever tried this and we pulled it off. And I'm going to say that my wife is one of the most talented editors in the world. I'm damn happy and lucky as shit to have her. I'll tell you that much. As a person too, but... She's in the other room. She can't hear this crap. She doesn't read it. She doesn't watch any of this junk anyway. She's too smart for this stuff. Not like us, boys. And there's only two of you left after this whole thing. So it's nice to see you all hang on. You want prizes, don't you? It's the only reason they're hanging in. You know that. After my long deity treatment crap, that's all he wants, the prizes. That, that's, uh, that's what reels them in. That's exactly that's what it really comes in. down to. You know what you're getting? You know, you're getting bugle churros. How's that? Yes, right. You're, right. Getting, every, you're getting a half open bag every, of bugle churros. Every person who's and my who, warm uh, beer right here, we're all gonna get one of these. That's you don't want this. Thing. You don't want that. <laughs> and Mike's gonna come by and wash and detail your car for you. That's right, folks. Oh, hell, <laughs> sweet. Shh, you I said you were gonna do. Don't shh. Don't jinx the whole thing, okay? Come on, man. We almost got it. We almost got it passed, okay? They don't have the FCC anymore. That's the great thing about not doing. One thing I love about not doing radio is I don't have to sit there with the FCC fines anymore. Long story. Anyway, you were a radio host, were you not? I uh, yeah, I was a disc jockey for about six years. Really? Uh, and the thing is, I can tell you right now. Yes, Satan does listen to smooth jazz because I worked on a smooth jazz station. Then I worked at a rock station. Then I wasn't sure where the hell I was half the time. It was the which, 80s, okay, man? There's a lot of stuff going on. It was snowing which, in Florida. <laughs> which, which one do you uh, prefer the most uh, between, between them? To tell you the truth, I'm a Sid Vicious fan. I like psychedelic furs. I like, you know, in other words, <laughs> give me punk. Give me nice. death metal. And I am one of the hat. I'm telling you what, <laughs> I was a stagehand also. I got to work some great concerts. I love the fact that I got to stand backstage and stand on those, the same speakers, I, the same speakers and monitors I helped put in that are blasting the skin off my bones. Yeah. <laughs> I think one of the funniest things I ever got to do is we did the Guns N' Roses tour one time. And the tour manager comes out and he, you know, and they were doing sound checks and stuff like that. And they're getting upset about something. And he's like, oh, where's power over here to this one? I sat there and I was doing power. I said, well, I've got this. Hang on, I'll get this all straight. Now it's all set up. He goes, good. Because who are you? I said, and I had, they gave us arm, they gave us little wristbands, right? Now they handed out the power crew, pink ones. So I got to be the pink power ranger. <laughs> you should see the look on this guy's face when I told him that's who I was. <laughs> I was kind of hoping, I was kind of hoping to get at least a smile out of Slash. Anyway, folks. <laughs> I don't know if he smiles. I don't know if he has any other feature and, other okay, than let me just, this way. He and just, Keith Richards have a pact. I think actually it's a tauntine. The first one who smiles opens up that negative universe we were talking about earlier, and then all the all elder gods come <laughs> flying right the hell. Cthulhu, the crew are in the second one of those bastards smile. Okay? Because Woods ain't because let me put this way. Woods, he's already gone. You can put a mirror under that man's nose, you're not gonna get a breath maybe every Ash Wednesday. That's it. Done. Jagger. Jagger is being held up by, you know, strange voodoo and 
probably Tinker told, to- old Tinker Toys from eBay. I was told it was string. Actually, it was it was just like Weekend at Bernie's. <laughs> nah, because the one time somebody tried to pull a string off of you know him, he unraveled. You don't want to do that. It just doesn't no, work. It's like all it done like the mummy. <laughs> you start me up was going to be prophetic. By the way, I thought you people were going to discuss something about horror films and freezing dead things and junk or blobs and whatever and stuff and things. Are we freezing I, dead things? Well, Is that I tonight? More, I have two more questions before we get to that one. I was trying to get out of it. Damn, it didn't work. <laughs> Fine. What's up? Well, I got to take it back to Bubba for a second. Uh, two yep. things we, we spotted in the background of the, the release version that's on uh, Amazon. Yeah. Um, one, when do we get Cownado? <laughs> You'll have to ask the geniuses that came up with that one because I walked in that day going, "What the hell is this?" <laughs> they, you know, my, my prop guy, my prop guys decided that they just want to have a little fun, and they were a little crazy that night. But it was, yeah, I admit, Clownado is a great idea. Yeah, it well, is. I mean, it worked for sure. Although Clownado was was really retarded. <laughs> just, let's just say that was out there. Yeah, I know. I saw. <laughs> I, I'm not. I I do my research, unlike you guys. Before I show, up the show. I don't know what the hell I'm dealing with. Oddly enough, we I got, got bail to, money. <laughs> we got together last night and and we decided we were going to be prepared and be professional and <laughs> it worked right. out great, huh? It's working it? out really well. Yeah, how are those bugles. Anyway, so- <laughs> yeah. that was part of the professionalism. That's the funny thing. <laughs> That's why I was laughing because the only thing they did that was on the script was that so far. Yeah, <laughs> which is beautiful. You could. This is great. But anyway, though, uh, no, seriously. Uh, so, you know, Clownado. Yeah. And what was the other question you had? Uh, at one point when you're walking down the alleyway and uh, it, it, one of the first times you're, ga- you're gathering everybody in and uh, there's a big banner behind you talking about uh, the festival that's coming to Broken Taint. You, there's a, a quote that says, get your goat on. What does that mean? <laughs> Dude, it's the land. There's no telling. I told you it's not. I told you it's not, they let Satan hang around. The, do you know the scene with the butcher? Do you know where we filmed that? Under the administration offices where they were doing business that day. The president of the college is sitting up there. Well, I got a guy with a with a third hand stick on his head trying to jerk off with a with a with a sausage and a devil in a basement. By the way, is the my luck right? We find the only basement in Florida painted. We found a basement, but God damn it, it's painted red. I'm in there like green screen. Have you ever watched? No, turn the color a little. Just adjust the color a bit. All you'll see is my eyes dancing around. <laughs> okay, this is it's, dude. It's better than doing the old school acid. I'm telling you, you do that, and it's really good. Nice. Do that. Find the only basement in Florida, and <laughs> get completely wrecked. See, the, thing, <laughs> the thing is, in the land, in the small towns, especially, and Mike, you know, in Florida, we have little festivals like Manatee Festival. It could be anything. It could be changing of my underwear festival. I mean, around here, because one thing about Florida, we drink a lot. You can't tell from the Florida man shit and all that other stuff that goes on and the idiocy and the politics of this state. It's all the nobody's sober. It's like coming into, okay, this is like coming into a preschool and every kid had a bag of donuts and some of these uh, burrito, uh, these uh, the bugle churros or something, okay? And they're drinking soda and stuff and they're just, they're done. I mean, they're out. And you want sense out of these people? And you want them to make good decisions? You ever see the Bugs Bunny cartoon where he saws Florida, he, t- he gets a big saw out and he saws Florida and it drifts off into the Caribbean, bumps into Cuba, knocking it over. And they settle out of court. And become Puerto Rico. 
those, those are okay. Actual, they didn't. What? The, those are actual. That's my Puerto Rican friends. They love that shit. What? <laughs> I on hell, you know, you like that joke. What? No, no, that, that's that's how Michael and I know each other because uh, we both grew up in Florida, and so every. So you escaped? <laughs> did you? Wait a minute. I escaped. I escaped. <laughs> Okay, we've got an yeah, escape but- here. Get the dogs, get the dogs in. Please get the helicopters up. We're going. Whenever sorry, someone says, whenever somebody says they want to move there, I, I always say the same thing. It's a great place to visit, but I never want to live there ever again. Ever again. Dude, let me put it this way. I have crosshair set on San Diego. Oh. I am trying my my uncle. I told you the, the French one who actually came from he actually came from France and Casablanca. The whole thing, the classy one. He lived out there. I used to go visit, and I'm telling you right now, everybody in the world should stay where they are except for us. We're going to San Diego because they shouldn't come because they'll be overcrowded, and we shouldn't tell them this because, you know, the food's <laughs> really good. The people are really nice, and they're really cool, and the people are just you, awesome. You're a thousand percent correct. Uh, the, the last few couple times we went out to California, uh, a couple roommates and I, we, we traveled to the West Coast as much as we can. San Diego, every single time, we're like, yeah, this would be the best place in the world to live. I mean, how much mellow and good weather can you handle? Right? Oh, it's it's awesome. And the surf. Oh it's so man, nice. I mean, it's it's unbelievable. And the great white <laughs> sharks waiting for us. But that's okay. I don't surf anymore, so I'm cool. But the thing, the, but well, no, horny, I'm kidding around aside. Uh, David Traxler said the horny goat man movie. Does that mean anything to anybody? I think oh. it was in reference to uh, get your goat on. Yep. Yeah, that that okay. I didn't know if maybe that was an inside joke. I was uh, one one wanted to get a little bit more out of. David is an let me put this way. David is an interesting. I know David. David's an interesting character. Have you ever gone to a place called Disney World? Never heard of it. Okay, there's some people who have gone there. David's going to hate me for doing this. I don't give a shit. He can get mad at me. I don't care. Friggin' actors, you're all the same. You're supposed <laughs> to be Bubba originally anyway, but Fred did did it anyway. Nah. So anyway, here's <laughs> no. David is the guy who when you go, he's about. He's another one of these. I don't know what it is. All I know is he's tall sobs. He's like he's another one. He's like six foot infinity. <laughs> and, he, and he stands there in front of the haunted mansion going step all the way into the room he's that guy he's that guy okay. but he's one of the most famous ones they've had him travel around and be him at other other ones because it's like this is like if you're going to film if you were going to film the attraction movie itself you want him to open the damn thing up so that is one do- scary sob <laughs> They should, they should try that all over again is what you're saying. Basically. They really should. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. Let's face it. Was that the biggest disappointment, okay, since prom night or what? I, I was not happy with it. Auto Mansion was one of my favorite things. But I was not happy with that at all. I was, I was waiting. Please, something, a glimmer of hope. Please throw me a biscuit. Something, <laughs> something, right? The thing that really pissed me off, I was happy about, though, they didn't. Jason Sorrell, who was the Imagineer for the Haunted Mansion, really nice person, met him years ago. He always said he would keep it to that. He would always keep it that way. Somebody ta- and brilliantly enough, he kept it exactly to the tone, the tone and touch we all love, right? And improved yep. on. That Escher room they put in is brilliant. But I'll tell you one thing. Whoever stuck Johnny Depp in Pirates of the Caribbean should be taken to that well and put down it and not redrawn back out. You didn't enjoy it? <laughs> I am so, I mean, it's like, really? Okay, you can change the rest of the ride. That's fine. It was too noisy, too loud. It was this, that, that, whatever. That's fine. I don't care. But can I look at another pirate besides freaking Johnny Depp? All I keep seeing is Edward Scissorhands in a tri-corner hat. <laughs> no, no, you mentioned it. <laughs> oh, right? Look, no, seriously. Look at, 
almost all of his can look at a lot now Johnny Depp's a great actor but look at a lot of the characters he's portrayed you can interchange the faces and the characters yeah that's true so the next time you watch legend of sleepy hollow okay hi baby picture sweetie todd picture sweetie todd fighting with the hessian see how that works for you hey speaking of uh questions we have one submitted just now from wolfman hal uh, oh, yeah. he's versus... still awake he should be asleep or in coma or something what <laughs> bubba versus Groot. who wins and who gets pissed on you beg your pardon hal we're gonna have to have a long talk next time i go up to pennsylvania and then no <laughs> amish breakfast for you that did it right there we're gonna go in there. it's very simple there was a time that, you know, well, Hal was one of my best cosplayers. I have cosplayers around the country. Hal is my absolute standout. Okay. And Hal actually was in the Philadelphia Christmas parade. He somehow managed to get Bassett ice cream to give Bubba a baseball ice cream one summer. A lot of crazy. I mean, it's, awesome. it's crazy. And they love, and weirdly enough, in Philadelphia, they actually know who the hell Bubba is. That's awesome. Which is really my favorite thing is I got a picture of the cops beating him up one time. I know things are wrong right now. But this is about eight, nine years ago. They were really nice people. And this little kid comes running out and grabs the cop and pulls him back and pulls it back by his knees going, leave Bubba alone. He's a good werewolf. <laughs> and Hal will tell you that's true. That's awesome. And it was great. Okay. But Hal's one of the great cosplayers for Bubba. So there's one time there was Daza Del Rio, who was a B-movie actress, a very nice person. And so one time I told Hal to lay on the floor. I had Daza grab my arm. And I looked like the conquering hero. I put my foot on him. I said, there's a, finally, I beat that son of a bitch. I gave birth to you and I took you out. <laughs> so that, I think, is a reference to who, get, who got and who got pissed on. <laughs> gotcha. Boy, are my fans complicated or what? No. They speak in code. You ready for this shit? No wonder they can read my books. Well, well, he also threw something else out. Ninety-three point three WMMR. That was the Gads. That was Gadzooks. There is a uh, radio station up there. They have three. They have their you know like morning zoo type people. Yeah. And unfortunately, time I had, I can't remember their names. But they're really, they're very well known. They're really sweet guys. They had us in one morning to sit there and talk about Bubba the Redneck Werewolf and all this stuff like this. And it was, it was a really, it was a very funny morning. And it was just really nice people. And Hal is just, I mean, he's one of those great guys that, you know, he, again, he's that biker that looks like he's going to kill you. But he's actually one of the sweetest people you're ever going to meet. And by the way, Hal, to get even with you, I have the challenger now, sucker. Nah, 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 nah. You got to get rid of yours. I kept mine. <laughs> Okay, fine. It's the wife's, but you know, hey, that's okay. I still got that 1952 Volkswagen, and it's no, I'm kidding. <laughs> the 62. Anyway, no, I'm, <laughs> I'm living in it. Oh. In a tiki bar. Help. <laughs> tiki bar. That sounds that sounds good right about now. Dude, I'm Is telling it open you, yet? It's, it's, <laughs> it's been open for months. The problem is he only has one patron. He's an idiot. We keep throwing him out. You know how hard it is to keep throwing yourself out of your own damn bar? <laughs> I keep trying to find new ways to offend myself. And even I'm starting to have trouble doing it. I did at least three or four good ones tonight. You guys are probably in deep shit. You'll probably never have a podcast day after this crap. I mean, I've made some really bad references. I'm that old school boomer they hate. Remember, I mean, I'm, I'm throwing it down right here. I, I, even though I, I don't work with it. anybody my age because I can't stand them. What? <laughs> No, I was gonna say, I hate, to say, I I hate people all, my age. I, I think we're all in that boomer category now. We've all uh, get the yeah, it's sad. 
Now, if we're not all shopping for hip replacements on, again, back to Amazon. God damn that place. I have everything. No, if we're not doing that. I am hung like a donkey. And now, ladies and gentlemen, in the corner, we have the parties on. You're going to run the damn, you're going to run those air horns. I mean, I don't know what else to do except for sitting and start throwing glitter at people and $50 bills. Oh, my God. I'm going to make it rain. I'll start taking my clothes off. We're good. That's it. Yeah. Okay. I'm getting pennies. We're going to make it hail. Screw ah, this shit. Make it hail up in this bitch. Anyway. No, man. The point is this. I think that there's a lot of great to come. I think we just need to sit back and quit worrying about this one, that one. I mean, I know I keep saying, but gotta remember, I came, I saw the sixties, I saw the seventies, I saw that crap. I saw good. I know everybody's saying it's different now. I'm gonna tell you, I'm sorry to tell you, it is not different. You just go and people are still people. If they don't feel good about something, they're gonna they're gonna get react. Yep. You pick enough pressure, they're gonna get pissed off. You should have seen. So I went to a war moratorium for Vietnam when I was about 12 years old. Got my head kicked in by a cop on a horse. I still got the scar to prove it. Okay, Ooh. and all I was doing was just walking along because it's just the way it's going to be. The best thing to do right now is simply this: try to go the best part of yourself. If you can't, then stay home and stay away from other people until you can calm the hell down. Okay, you know, I, I nobody's right, like nobody's wrong, everybody's this. crazy, huh? I used to live like that before this: stay away you know, from everybody. I only to say it this way: you know morally what to do, you know what's right, you know what's wrong. So go with that. Yeah. And yeah. you don't take my advice on it. You take your own advice on it. But do yourself a favor. Don't stick your neck out for somebody else's ideals that you really don't believe in. Exactly. Because you could get yourself yep. hurt. Yep. Okay? If you really believe, then go do it. But if you don't believe in it, you're doing it just to go along with the crowd, you're going to be that chain that they talk about, the weak link that's going to get nailed. Okay? It's crazy out there, and there's some very intense people. Please stay safe and please stay out of it. So you can come back and see the next Bubba movie, or possibly I do this Fakakta thing again, and we do it. I get to do it independently again, and we get everybody involved, and we do this huge scene I want to do, but I can't tell you what it is because someone else will steal it from me. <laughs> I'm going to do a scene that hasn't been done in movies since 1921. Silent picture. I would never be capable of a silent picture. You've heard. You've already dealt with me this evening. You must be out of your mind. <laughs> Those, those if I shut up, I'll explode. Everything. Are you those kidding me? <laughs> Not going to happen in this lifetime. <laughs> but no, it's a scene that was done and it was, they said it was wickedly hard to do. But I think these days with the technology and things we have, I can pull it off. And it's going to be the funniest damn thing. But I'm telling you this much. I'm going to need four fire departments to show up. Not to put out a blaze to clean the mess up I'm about to make. <laughs> Okay, this now I'm is, I want to know, dude. This I'm telling, I, I, it's gonna work. And the script, by the way, the Bubba script is done. Nice. And I'm going to keep. I'm going to do everything I can because I want to keep my original crew together. I loved. I'm going to tell you something. I loved my <laughs> actors in the last movie. I loved my makeup people. Okay, and all the extras showed up and did all that stuff. Those, all you guys are all welcome back on that set. You all did okay? a fantastic job. You guys were Absolutely. A, a great team. And I, I got to tell you, um, not to not to interrupt you and, and change the subject, but... No, when, go ahead, please. It's about time. Somebody did. I didn't <laughs> really find out about Bubba the Redneck Werewolf until Chris's brother brought it up to us. And he's like, oh, the, you gotta, you guys got to watch this movie. You got to review it. It's yeah. perfect for your cast. 
And we, I, I watched it and went, holy shit, I can't believe this is a real thing. And then two things happened. One, I recognized uh, the stripper on your left arm. She's a, a acquaintance of mine. And I went, oh, my God, is that is that who I think it is? And I went through. You know, Trixie. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Giovanna. She's a, oh, she's a doll. <laughs> um, so I, I was looking um, to, to try and get her on the show. And in looking uh, to in messaging her, I found you and went, oh, shit. Well, might as well just go right to the top. And that's Aww. how this whole thing came uh, into fruition. And uh, it's been great ever since. But the whole thing, I went into this expecting a crap fest, and that's exactly what I got. And it was enjoyable. <laughs> I loved it. Um, it was, I, I didn't take anything in it seriously. And if, so long as you don't go in expecting like Oscar caliber, you know, you ain't going to get it. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to enjoy it, though, and that's what you should do with yeah. a movie. And that's, uh, I got to tell you, you guys put together something fantastic, and I cannot wait for the second one. So if you guys get all back together again, I know I'm going, at that point, I'm going to expect something good because you can do it. There's a great chemistry in the crowd. Yeah. There may be some characters who won't be returning, but they will be, but the actors will be taking up other roles, to be honest with you. So it's just because I have characters in my comic books I never got to use. And there's one in particular I'm looking forward to bringing in because I've had a, I've had one of my favorite characters was Hatchet Hattie McDingle. <laughs> Hatchet, and she's based on a true person. Hatchet Hattie is our town sheriff. She's also the only living brain cell in the entire place besides Bobby Joe. And they're the best of buddies. She actually used to date Bubba back when they were little. And they, were, they were like, you know, in middle school and stuff. Mm-hmm. She's the town sheriff. And she is one of the funniest characters. She has the, I, in my comics, gave her the best lines and she shut everybody down constantly. She was great. <laughs> if you ever get a chance to look her up, she is. You can't miss her. She's a very handsome, tall, I don't know what it's about tall. Thing. I don't know. It must be me with tall people. But anyway, though, <laughs> very, you know, but very tough, but very fair sheriff. Okay. But having, having her for the sheriff, I think, was the best thing to come up because she was based on a friend of mine's grandmother. We used to carry a hatchet in the back of her car. And if you hurt a kid or hurt anybody in her neighborhood, she came after you. And the cops just refer to her as the town sheriff. In that neighborhood, she was the sheriff. Oh, my God. So, yeah, if you can find, you can find her. Actually, you want to see what she looks like. Uh, the last Bubba comic that came from Creature Entertainment has Hattie in it. And she's on the cover of, like, number four or is it number five? But I'm like I said, you'll love Hattie. Hattie's a riot. There was Hattie. There's Booger. Now there's a Booger that I put into Vinnie and Mook. Then there's his father, who was the original Booger I'd come up with. Booger, and he was a creative genius. He's like a redneck inventor. And he makes Bubba's stupid gadgets. He's like Q for Bubba. And so, and you, you can get a hot if you can get a copy of number two because it only sells for like three hundred dollars every time I've seen one. You know what really sucks? I can't afford to buy my own goddamn back issues back. <laughs> That's why I'm doing the trade paperback hopefully soon, because I can't afford my own. Da- Did you see the stupid things go for? I'm telling you, people, I think you're all nuts. I, I when we started talking and. Uh... I was like, you know what? This, this guy's fantastic. He's very personable. He's very friendly. I want to support this. I went looking for these back issues, and my God, man. <laughs> is, is that insane or what? Yeah. 
Believe me. Most of one, I got so pissed off at the one thing going wrong. I sat there, I threw a box, like three boxes in a dumpster going, I'll never have to see this shit again. Now I'm sitting there hoping, can I go to the landfill? That was 2010. I might be able to, and you know, I did. I went out there, you know, I found a whole bunch of these Atari cartridges. Uh, E.T. Yeah, how'd you know? It was. And he ain't worth shit. (laughs) Can I just show you, see that? Bubba is worth more than an ET Nintendo cartridge. How's that? Yeah. That, more that has got to say something. Oh, yeah. speaking of which, infamy very quickly is something we're wanting to do. And you're not getting in trouble. I will. Uh-oh. My turn. Kevin Smith. Ooh. You and I need to have a little discussion. Uh-oh. There's a movie called Wolf Cop. Ever hear of it? Mm-hmm. Yep. Let me explain something about Wolf Cop and Bubba. That was actually my double feature uh, to pair with you. <laughs> well, I'll let you get away with that and have your, you can have your chips now. <laughs> Wait, you see the way I give them to you, kid. Anyway, no, seriously. Wolf Comp and Bubba were filming at the exact same time. It was a boat race. I saw they started filming in Canada in, 2000, in March 2014, same time we did. So a lot of people sat there and said, well, Bubba was, you know, based on Wolf Cop and crap like that, which is like, okay, because you people really do a lot of research and you pay attention. And Bubba's been around since 1996. So, okay. I'm like, I let, I'm, I'm cool. Then I run to one of their staff people who said that you know, a couple had read Bubba comics and they knew who he was. I'm like, well, okay, it would be nice. You guys at least had said thank you or said hello or go screw yourself. Says sicking an idiot on me, not Smith. So then the second Wolf Cop movie is being made. Did you notice something interesting with the second Wolf Cop movie? Second Wolf Cop movie has Lugaroo living in an animal control facility. Yeah. I, I never saw the and, second Oh, yeah. Get the second one. And there's a new ca- there's a mayor in town. You know who he is? Bubba Smith. And it ain't the football player. <laughs> Unless Kevin Smith is African-American and about another 200 pounds. I don't, I don't think he is. So <laughs> I'm sitting there going, Okay, this is a guy who does independent film and all that support and support. You know, it's like going, yep. okay. So I'm calling on all the indies to do us a big favor, including myself, because I'm going to do it now also. Break some ground, make some new stuff. Let's roll. The old guard's dead. Let's get on with the kids, gentlemen, mm-hmm. ladies, everybody in between. Let's do this. Start making movies. They made a nice road for us to travel. Now let's kick the shit of it. Like I used to tell people. Don't knee jerk, ass kick. Okay? Mm-hmm. You can ner- you can jerk your knee or you can kick some ass. Let's get out there and kick some ass because as far as I'm concerned, I'm not saying I'm insulted, but I'm going to say that I am aware and I wasn't really happy. Can you Now I'm not asking you guys to say don't make opinions, keep it to yeah, yourselves because yeah. you got to be commentators and you can't have an opinion on this kind of stuff. I can. And I personally feel that somewhere along the line it was a little too coincidental. Okay, I have a drunken animal control officer, and now we got a drunken cop. He works in a small town and city, da, 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 there's an evil force, blah, blah, blah. Okay, our scripts were very close, but that doesn't make a difference because we didn't know each other. We were still at the same time. Now we got to see that. It's yeah. the second movie where they adjusted things, and he knew Bubba was there, and then, you know, come on, guys, give me a break. Yeah. Now, now I'm gonna search and out. And then he had money to buy, make yoga hosers in Canada. Where did he get that money from? Oh, I'm sorry, that was my last little part of it. Bitter, wasn't I, it? 
Actually, I, I really like yoga <laughs> Actually, be quiet. Yeah, so did I. Really? I it was hilarious. Actually, it was hilarious. The little no. wiener walking around with the. Wiener. Oh, it's so awesome. Come on, man. It was brilliant. The girls were great. All right, Smith, you're forgiven. That was brilliant. But don't do any more stuff with Bubba without telling me, all right? Gee whiz. Speaking, speaking about. Uh... All's forbidden. Come home and have yourself a drink. Speaking about girls, by the way, I, I got to tell you, and I told my wife. No, you don't have to have the talk yet. You can't do this. No, yeah, no, but I, I, I have a nun fetish, so I need to thank <laughs> you for that. Uh oh. That Here it comes. Scene was, it was fantastic. That was pure art to me. That so nun can kick you. your ass. <laughs> no, you understand? No, the, no, the nun, nun is a friend of mine, Meg. Her husband, Josh, is another friend. Okay, he's an ex Marine and still can pick up most of the planet and throw it at your ass. <laughs> no, it was, no, he, they're sweet, wonderful people. The funniest thing during that scene was I had only just met Megan. She's a friend of Karina Martinez, my brilliant makeup artist. And she comes walking out. She's got the outfit and everything. I'm wearing, I'm the devil and everything. This is where you know whether you're going to be an actor or not. Because, okay, I'll admit to it. She comes up and she's out there and the, and the whole thing. And then I got to, and they go, okay, Mitch, grab her boobs. What? <laughs> now you remember, I'm there with two other guys. The way we have this set up is I got a guy laying on the ground. I'm hunching over another guy who's trying to hide behind behind this skinny ass nun. We got three guys hiding with red painted arms, okay? Waving them around, <laughs> grabbing her. Okay. In a cl- Here's what the best part is. He was observing this. It's sitting on that bench. Did you know that was the head of the Stetson Theatrical Department? Oh. Were they, they reading the paper? That was a professor sitting there reading the paper. Yes. <laughs> How's his tenure going, huh? <laughs> anyway, so, anyway, so make so we got we're doing this, and they're going to go, and then everybody's going, Mitch, come on! I'm like, oh, but you know, I don't really know make that well, and I really feel kind of you know, I'm, you know, and I was single at the time, wasn't married or anything. I was like, and I'm a consummate man whore anyway, but still. Even I couldn't. No, I'm sorry. There's a mor- I have. I'm sorry. I'm stuck with a certain morality. It sucks. I couldn't do it. <laughs> and then her husband exit on like going, come on, God damn it, Mitch, fill her up. <laughs> I'm like, grab her, grab her, get her nipples. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> like, okay. And, uh, and it's like, yeah, he said it's okay. <laughs> right? I was never so happy to finish a scene because unfortunately, the guy in the ground, who I wasn't that crazy about, is hitting on her at the same time. I'm sitting there just basically going, you're in a movie. Shut up. You can't do that. Stop being professional. I'm kicking him. I'm trying to get her, grabbing her. And it's like, you know, it's it's chaos. And the scene played out perfectly to chaos. So if you have a nun fetish, can I recommend a different nun? <laughs> Would you like to have something in a, uh, something in a Jesuit... Oh, I have something over here. Hang on, over here. It's a, it, it's not a Benedictine. Okay, it's not a Benedictine, but I think you'll find this one to be a little more to your style. She worked with who is that? Torquemada, the Inquisition. Yeah, those people. I think you'll you'll enjoy the Auto de Fe. That's it. Something to do with Auto a car. Auto de Fe. Something to do with a car or something. Okay. No, that, that's drive-in, how a, a drive-in, yeah. a drive-in restaurant, right? Auto de Fe. Okay, that's it. Auto yeah. Cafe. Okay. Bad jokes are beginning. He's drinking. I saw uh, Mike. I caught you. So, this shit's so, a drinking game now, huh? I make a bad joke and you drink. You should be shit-facing on the floor by now. He's, he's done. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get soda in that nose sooner or later. What? Were we waking up the family? 
Look at the look on his so, face. What happened? I think I scared Mike. I said, "Did we did we wake up your family?" Oh no, no, no. You want us to? Yeah, go for it. Okay, Chris, how fast can you get down here? Come on, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> well, if I leave right now, I'll be there this time tomorrow. So, gotta go. Great. You get here for the World Series. It'll be the Mets. Nobody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Who's in the World Series this year? No one versus no one. Hey, it'll be versus the Yankees. There'll still be nobody. <laughs> 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 you know, you know, well, so, my uh, wife actually just commented and said as long as i don't have to wear the outfit anymore so we're good <laughs> oh you make her wear the wait outfit. whoa wait a minute hold it hold it you're not gonna wear the outfit anymore she is chris it's not what we talked about you said you were gonna get him to i now, I, look, was going I got to. the pants suit and i told you i wasn't really crazy about it because i told you the person made me look fat but okay you know <laughs> you guys are just you know you're the most horrible sorority sisters i've ever had uh, you know, there's a reason for that, and and that's uh, better be a good one. No, I got nothing. Got nothing? <laughs> absolutely, I absolutely nothing for that. Look one. at this. Okay, all that you see this. This is what <laughs> is, this is the big. This is the buildup. Okay, this is the buildup. Remember, I talked about prom night. I can already imagine yours. The point is this. <laughs> oh, stop already! No, no, it's exactly how it went. I was selling liquor out of the trunk of my car. Anyway, this is like, how our minds work. You mentioned prom night and disappointing. I went to the remake of the movie. No. <laughs> no nuns. No, no nuns. Go to the matinees. No go to the matinees. They always show up at the matinees. <laughs> well, we got nuns showing up for prom for prom day remakes. We got some. We got some other problems. Yeah. Well, if that's the case, you better keep the Holy Spirit between the two of you. I've been through that one before. <laughs> that's bad. We got a Jew actually knows about all this kind of stuff, right? You don't know the kind of diverse background I've really had, the outfits I've worn, the places I've been, the things I've gotten away with, the money I've stolen. Okay. The money. <laughs> you, know, you know, for for someone who is uh, doesn't classify the, uh, themselves as an actor, you do a damn good job as in, in acting. You impersonating you, a writer. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's fantastic. No, your your portrayal of Satan in this, like from the second you're on the screen, I was like, this is I, I buy it. Like I, I bought it. Like hook line. You and would, sicker. you know, I was a used car salesman. That's what that is. <laughs> as a Satanist, I gotta I gotta say thank you for portraying him. <laughs> He laugh. He's serious. Hey, no, seriously, you're saying this. Nice, yeah. well met. Non-theistic. Hey, no, are you kidding? I have. Let me say, there are more pagans in the world. There are anybody else. Has anybody realized that yet? Yeah. Pick up on that, folk facts. There's a lot more of them. There are of anybody else who's polarized as something else. And guess mm. what? They're all fine, decent people, except for maybe Mike. But everybody else is really good. You know, I'm just saying. And Chris. Well, yeah. it's a Mets fan. What are you going to do with it? Well, I mean, to be fair, I was raised Catholic, so like I tell everybody, no wonder else, why you ran like ran away from home. <laughs> See, that's that's my point. You fall and you can't get up, can you? I know that guy actually. No. <laughs> Is he still around? Oh my god! Would you? Are you kidding? The guy does airboat move airboat movies. It returns to the Incredible Hulk and stuff. He's crazy. <laughs> a friend of mine knows him. I'm not kidding. Oh my god! Before the pandemic hit, he was talking to me about possibly financing the next Bubba movie. Then he disappeared. I think he fell and disappeared out of sight in a swamp. <laughs> Probably never be seen from again. Well, you know not, something? Not... My mother and all those folks out there now who have cell phones, we don't need you anymore. Go take your stupid device and get lost. We are, we're being told that you actually uh, do steal candy from babies. Okay. It wasn't really stealing. It was a trade. <laughs> you watch the movie. It was... Yeah, you gave I didn't... 
I didn't ID. I apologize. I didn't ID the kid. He didn't have pockets. So how's he supposed to carry a wallet? His, his argument was perfect. I mean, dude, I'm wearing a diaper here. I went, yeah, you're right. He goes, and a onesie thing. I said, you're right. He goes, do you think I got po-? No, you're right. So he said, and you know, I mean, really, my mom hasn't given me a purse yet. And I'm sitting there going, well, backpack anything? Nothing? Nothing. He, and I told him to go look in his mom's purse, which was in the carriage. He wouldn't do it. <laughs> a moral kid. He drank a lot. He traded me off the candy. A moral. I like that for a story. <laughs> I love Seriously, as far as the act, as far as the acting went with Satan, I am merely, as you can tell, just doing me. I have one. I have one speed, Mitch. <laughs> I, I do this or right. I do villains. Exactly. I do either do this shit or villains. I've done villains before. I can, I can see that. I was Skeletor I can... once for a stupid commercial for He-Man. Wait a second. Not that one that was all over YouTube, was it? No, God, no. Are you kidding? This was, this was years ago. There was a place called Century 3 in Orlando that did commercials and voiceover work. Yeah. So as a radio announcer, we, a lot of us went in there doing bits and pieces. There were skeletal warriors, all kinds of crazy shows. Where I love to do, I love to piss off John Kassir and be the crypt keeper. I've gone to shows and done it behind him just to piss him off. Actually, he's a really nice guy and he loves it when I do it. He said, screw with him. We, uh, we actually got a, um, a crypt keeper impersonator to do one of our lines as well. Yeah. You're kidding. No, yeah. you, here, check it out. Yeah, it? Not in the face, not in the face. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> It's your old putrid body. Uh, buddy, the Crypt Keeper here. It seems I get to introduce a segment on a low-budget podcast where unsuspecting victims call in and let their shrieks be heard. <laughs> oh, the fear of it all. But you know how the old saying goes, the Marg, the merrier. <laughs> Tell us all your fears in a piece we like to call Tales from the Phone Line. <laughs> yeah. Really? It. I mean, who, who, whoever that was, tell them. Excellent. He's uh, he's actually a friend of mine. I got news for you. Tell your friend he's really good. I mean, he's he's got chops. <laughs> he does. There's a depth to his voice yep. and everything that you really look for in this kind of stuff. And yeah, he had it. And he had him. He had John down. Perfect. <laughs> I mean, he really did. The morgue thing, unfortunately, there's an accent. Some accent, an accent came out through the morgue thing. Where's he from? Um, pretty sure he was from Florida. He's from Florida originally. I don't. I don't. Wow, know that's a fr- ladies and gentlemen. We actually have heard the real Florida accent, which we didn't think there was one. <laughs> this place is such an amalgam and mishmash of everybody Accurate. from everywhere. Accurate. And that's the one thing. Also, Florida, quit fighting with each other. You are the Biggest melting pot of melting pot of melting pots in the entire universe. Every loser winds up down here. Why do you think we look like a dick pissing on Cuba? Okay, and we're in. And also, that's the other thing. We must be old state. Did you notice that we're dripping? Oh God! He had nothing to do with this. Satan again. See Satan. He brought God into it again. I'm not going to pay the. I'm not paying those fees again. I'm, okay. I'm I'm telling you flat out, I'm stealing that line and using it somewhere else. That that <laughs> Florida piss Florida pissing into Cuba. That's like oh, that's awesome. get a map out and take a look. Since I was a kid, this week uh, about again. This is all inappropriate. I'm sure I'm too old for anyone to want to work films with me because I'm one of those boomer guys. But you know something? I am talented and a lot of goddamn fun. <laughs> 
I said before this that I'm I'm actually I'm hoping you and I would become new best friends. Just don't tell Chris. Uh, actually, I'm I, no, 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 Chris, Chris, better tell him. No, Chris and I are now be, we're best friends. We were talking we, before the show, Michael. I'm sorry. We haven't, just, we haven't just been talking. We've been exchanging recipes. You can do with bugles. Uh, <laughs> Apparently, there's Crunch this and one. Munch will be next. Crunch and oh, Crunch and Munch. Oh, there you see. You can always get a faraway look with a glazed I, look that goes with the popcorn. I I'm I'm a popcorn addict. It, it's the point where in this house people. Like they see me with a bag of popcorn, they're like, "Oh, there's a crack addict." <laughs> crunch and munch, I haven't had in forever. Now we just want crunch and munch. Let me say the great thing Ugh. about crunch and munch is, if you have a filling you're not fond of, you need to get rid of a tooth. That'll work. Full of that, <laughs> bam, done. Out. The only thing better than that is laffy taffy and or starburst that's left in the windshield of your car. Oh yeah. Ooh. And the wax paper actually helps the process, so don't try to peel it off. You won't get it anyway. It's not coming off anyway. <laughs> that shit's there forever okay that's like your aunt sadie's tattoo the one you talked her into when you got her drunk that time and i know you did it because i was there oh shit gentlemen this is what satan is for i am the ultimate enabler this is why i'm no An longer excuse. gonna say the devil told me to do it i gotta say mitch made me do it that's i'm just you know people i've had friends use that as a regular excuse not without even with no, no, seriously, Mike, even without the Satan, I've had friends tell their wives or husbands or boyfriends or girlfriends or whatever that no, I was with Mitch, and the look on their faces is priceless. Like, oh fuck, is it that? I don't know if they're going to get a. Well, I don't know if they need to get a, a shot, or they need to get you know, I mean, a lawyer, or they need a psychiatrist, or they need to hire a hitman, because. The, all those looks go past the, the face. I see it. Do they, do they get that uh, that Captain Picard like? Uh, like At first, they kind of no. They kind of glaze like a dozen Krispy Kremes, mm. and then it gets bad. <laughs> see, that's the Southern thing. I went for Krispy Kreme, not Dunkin' Donuts. You people in oh. Boston, message. I, 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 I drink Starbucks. <laughs> I drink Blasphemy! Starbucks. What? I, even there. I can look out my window right now and throw a rock and hit two and hit two Dunkin' Donuts. Do it I, 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 and then run. Okay. <laughs> oh, I want them to know it was me. I don't. I want. I want credit for it. Wait for the cops to pull in. Then they'll know it's you. <laughs> I'll tell them. What happened? Mitch made me do it. <laughs> I was going to call up randomly, going, "Excuse me, you're a perpetrator." About fourteen degrees to your left. About thirteen. <laughs> Want to go back to the helicopters and the escape again? Look at poor Mike. You go, this was a show I was supposed to be working on. Where have I been tonight? <laughs> there you are. How can you <laughs> hang out with me if you don't hang out? Look, they went back to him again. What are you afraid? Were you camera shy? Bring yourself back here, sir. Hmm? You're talking to me? I moved. No, I'm talking to Mike for a second there. Right? Oh, okay. Mike. Mike and his hand puppet, that red thing. I'm right here. Okay, there you <laughs> are. Puppet, oh, you, you must have it set to where whoever's talking is their, their picture comes up. <laughs> got it so, so so every other second it's just his face it just keeps, we gotta remember keeps popping up my my wife is a cybersecurity uh analyst and architect mm-hmm. so she spends most of her day doing macro facial let's just say she looks you in the eye to see if you're up to no good her uncle invented this her, oh, not her uncle but she has a cousin who invented the system this is the system of microfacial so you can tell if people are lying or not Oh Jesus! Yeah, that, try living with that. I, <laughs> try try being Satan, and you live with someone, the Lord of Lies, right? And my <laughs> wife can see right through this shit like nothing. 
It's not going to help Michael. And she just came into the room. See, see what you did. You called her in. See, see, see this shit. See this. That's fine. Hi, honey. I love you. See, you mean it. Hi. How you doing? (laughs) Say hello, honey. There you go. There Hi. she goes. There she goes, ladies and gentlemen. Song and story. I just looked at somebody's hand. What the hell is that all about? He didn't. He didn't want to get. Uh, what were you out. doing? You. You were. Okay. No. 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 Well, looking what, at you. So. What were you do- no. 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 You were sitting, no. You had. You had your hand over the lens. So in the last ten seconds that we've lost here, you know, not being paranoid or anything like that, because I'm not. How about you, Chris? You anything like that? I'm incredibly paranoid all the time. What were you what was doing, sir? <laughs> What see perfidy what, were you up to? See what's in that cup right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there it is. Yeah. Okay, there it is. You see, when you drop the octave, <laughs> the pants go next. Then you got to be careful. What you pants? assumed he was. Yeah, I was gonna say you assumed he was wearing them to begin with. <laughs> I was told pants were mandatory. Mm, no. I was assured of that. It's mm. mandatory. You don't wear them. Yeah, I think uh, that got crossed. <laughs> That's okay. My pants have five legs. Giggity. They fit like a glove. Anyway. Uh, what? Where's that dad joke comic? Yeah, I told you. Where's the dad joke? See? I was going to throw the dad joke comic into it. Ladies and gentlemen, you've spent at least a good hour of your lives, maybe two, and we want to thank you for doing so. Because you know why? I don't know about you guys, but I need another beer. I'm running dry here, man. And she is not going to bring me one after the comments I've been making. I am so freaking on my own. Hey, well, you know what, Mitch? Uh, hopefully we can get to do this again at some point. I'd love to, man. Also, since you happen to live down here and they finally opened this place up, a drink. Definitely. You owe me, Mike, at least. They, and Chris, you get your butt down here, too, because you owe me a drink. I, I will. Hey, we've uh, been through a war together, talking to me yeah. for more than half an hour. That's a war. It'll feel he's like right. it. No, no, he's right. He's right. I'll, I'll <laughs> we, can, we can go to Coffee Shop of Horrors and, uh, sorry, I just had to put a plug in there. And have bourbon-flavored coffee he doesn't <laughs> like. No, no. I will say this much, because sometimes Florida gets some cooler places than, than we get up here. It, it does happen occasionally. So when he told me about the coffee, <clears throat> I went coffee online. Coffee Shop of Horrors is great. Yeah, I, I was checking it out, and I was like, I need to buy some of this. I'm a coffee holic. Like I, I have this, all I've been drinking is coffee this entire time. The coolest um, thing. Yeah. Go on. No, no. I was, I was just saying, I immediately ordered like a bunch of samples. So I'm, I'm waiting, I'm waiting for those to show up, uh, the, including the Bubba. You're going to, so, I mean, you're going to love it. The, the greatest thing they came up with was one called, it was a waffles and syrup one. I saw that. You could actually have, if you, okay. I have friends who were diabetic. They actually were able to taste coffee, waffles and syrup. In, they haven't had in, it have for years. That's awesome. There's no sugar. There's absolutely no sugar in it. That's awesome. It's all natural flavoring. This yeah. is what I love about Nick and Roxana Stan, who own who own the shop. Well, Nick Sindisich and Roxana Stan, the husband and wife that own it. Mm. The thing is, they've got it themed for all horror and science fiction fans. It's a great place to gather. You can play games. You have they have music. They have all kinds of stuff going on. When the pandemic finally is over with and everything, they have car shows. It's brilliant. They've got oh. two locations, one in Tavares, Florida, and one yep. in Montverde, Florida. Yep. Okay. Well, yeah. I, I gotta tell you, we, we went to the one in Montverde and um a smaller one, which is really nice. That's the original. It it was really nice. And Nick was was very friendly, uh, just like you, uh, very talkative, fantastic guy. Uh, we I bought the book. I bought a pillow. Um, I bought all kinds of stuff there. We also. What bought... Are we planning to camp out there and live for your rest of your life? A book and a pillow. What the hell is this shit? 
Really? No, he, was wearing, he was wearing his uh, his pajamas when he showed up. And... The, okay, the kid with the onesie. I told you with the with the with the, the lollipop. That's the kid. It's for that many years. Holy shit! Look at the beard. We, um, we we got what was the other one we got? Uh, it was Jaws, baby. Oh, we need another boat. And, oh, get a b- bigger boat. I, I ordered yeah. that. That one was that one was delicious as well. The but flavored and the unflavored, all great. Oh yeah. But now yeah. it's really cool with the shop that's over in Montverde next door opened up. You ready for this? A Juilliard trained chef has opened an Italian restaurant next door. It's a pizza place where the pizzas are exactly the same you will get if you go to Napoli. Hmm. Oh. He proofs the dough for three days. It's it, it's fire done. It, it's brilliant stuff. The cheese is everything. It'll blow you away. The pasta is all that stuff. So you get the coffee. You have them in this tiny little town in the middle of nowhere. It's insane. It's great. That's what I love about towns like you know Montverde or Florida, states like ours. These crazy little hidden places. Well, Massachusetts also. I found these little hidden area. Yeah. Virginia's like that. Ohio. Every place I think in this country, with only one exception, has these cool little hidden away places. The only place that doesn't have any cool hidden away places is very simply this: Washington D.C. None of it's cool. Sorry. <laughs> I don't care who you are, where you come from. I, that place is crazy. That 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 play. I I haven't been to D.C. like actually been to D.C. for like tours and and stuff like that since like 1993 or something like that. And you go to a museum, you get out of there. Yeah, I was gonna say. From what I understand, it's all the same. <laughs> yeah. It's it's just unfortunately the thing is the people there are wonderful people. The problem is, it's not like Trump. We're wonderful people. It's wonderful people on both sides. No, there's too many goddamn politicians, and the urge to run things over with a rent a car is too much for me to take. Mm-hmm. To be quite I'm honest, taking... it has nothing to do with the people, the population. They're fine. It's the it's what they have walking around loose. Like, I'm taking the walking tour today because that's the safest way to go instead of driving. Remember I told you about that knee jerk and ass kick thing I told you about? <laughs> yeah, that's the problem. I can't do the walking tour either. No matter how shiny what? the boots are. Keep kicking everything. I don't understand how. It's just, it's just, you keep asking for it. I have an idea for a bill. No, 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 no. Stop that. Go get a cookie. Sit in the corner. There are cookies? Don't start with the cookies. You know, he's had a real snack fixation, so I want to let you know. Yeah. Would be punch and pie. (laughs) I was was told there was a punch and pie. (laughs) So there is no punch and pie either. No, that, Butters no. is such a goddamn liar anyway. Isn't he, isn't he off the show by now anyhow? <laughs> I haven't seen it for like the last three seasons. Thank you. I haven't watched it in about five or six years at least. It's I'm, been a bit I'm for me too. Still going. Does anybody know what's going on in South Park anymore? Maybe my roommates. That's about it. They, they watch it. When it was on, they watch it religiously. So they, they're all up to date. I haven't seen a new episode. They watch South Park in... religiously, so they're Satanists also. They are. They are. <laughs> Yeah, got Mike. Anyway. Ow. <laughs> That's just because your hat's too tight. Go get a decent hat. That number three thing. Go get a nice Mets hat. That'll be good for you. Uh, good. Uh, <laughs> that was a great, one of the great pain looks on anyone's faces. I do have other hats, though. I mean, look at that. Yeah. That's, that's See? Nice and those are cool, too. Yeah. Okay? See? <laughs> Show support for these kind of podcasts. Without them, you people will never be able to pro promote anything by the way right. before we go any further and we're probably going to be signing off soon real quick sure. you, you were asking me another way to promote if you're going to start doing books and things like that mm-hmm. there are lots of podcasts out there that will take on first-time authors read their work 
and see if things might not go well for them. Right. And it's it's kind of it's dicey. It's tough. You got to find that right person. It can't be just anybody handing in a book. But I ask all people who have podcasts or these kind of shows, entertainment, otherwise, yeah. see if you can see if there happens to be you go to a show, run somebody, sit at a bookstore, whatever the hell it is. All those people over at Starbucks who are writing the great American novel that you're over there with. Okay, Chris, see if Listen, one of them actually can do it. Two of them said that they could. Um, I It'd haven't nice. seen it yet. I'd love to see a podcast with a section going, look, I'm not, a, I mean, I'm not, you know, a big name. You're not a big name, but you know, this is really interesting. Let's get this out there into the airwaves and over mm-hmm. the net and see if someone picks up on it. Yeah. That's what we do. Find an interesting short film, find a book, yeah. make sure they sign a waiver. You don't want to get sued. So tell them if you're going to read it on the air, you have to give, you know, you have to give me the waiver and the crap like that. Waivers, you can find a waiver. It's no big deal. Mm-hmm. You're not planning to publish it or film it anyway. But you never know what you can come up with because you know what? You find a person like that. They say, well, I found him on, this, on the Horror Horror Apocalypse uh, podcast. You can just wind up with minor roles in a movie. You can wind up being characters in a book. Because I know that's what I'm going to do with both of y'all. I hate to tell you. I would be characters? Honored. <laughs> oh, you're going to be because you see I have a radio, I have a radio team that I have to have in the movie. Mm-hmm. And after talking to you two tonight and see what's going on here with the hats and all the bullshit. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. I got an idea. I'm telling you uh, right now, go ahead, call your lawyer, see if you can get me. See if you can catch me. Good luck. Send me that waiver, I'll sign I, it immediately. Uh, <laughs> Hell no, you're gonna sign no waiver. I'm gonna make you both do it. I'm gonna teach I'm gonna show you guys what acting's all about. You're gonna sit in front of a camera and you're gonna do the shtick again. I I will do shtick for free. Shit. I said that. Do you know do you know how many do you know how many prof, do you know how many professional actors we had on the Bubba movie? Zero. Exact no, actually no, not really. Gary uh, does civic theater. Brendan had done some uh, some Shakespeare work. Uh, all the rest and Sarah, the bartender. Most of the rest were just, "Hey, want to be in a movie?" <laughs> I'm serious. Fred, Fred was just a security guard at, at Spooky Empire as a friend of mine. I said, "Fred, growl at me. What? Growl at me? What are you nuts? Just growl at me." I took the picture and I showed it to you. I gave it to Mike. Yeah, and that and. Fred became Bubba. Yeah, that's so awesome. I I will say I, I went and I was looking through the cast because I wanted to see who who did have some some kind of acting experience, and I think yeah. Malone had a pretty decent amount of. Mal- um, Malone yeah. goes now. I'm sorry I didn't mention Malone because I didn't think it was even because Malone goes without saying. Malone is a consummate professional. She's had several theater pieces in the movie theaters. Mm-hmm. She's had some TV show stuff. Yep. And let me tell you something. We I when we first met up that first night. We kind of eyeballed each other because the first night she had to do the nighty scene where she had to wear a nighty. Mm-hmm. Nothing really off, but she doesn't know anybody. You know, and you've got these people standing around staring at her and a guy dressed as a, were- a giant, were- a big ass werewolf. And it's 10 o'clock at night. And we just had to find her an outfit that would work. Had to run to Walmart to find an outfit that we returned in the morning. Ha ha. There's, yeah. there's, there's <laughs> a for you. But do you don't think we didn't do it? We're on a budget, kids. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'll tell you, it was like, oh man, we were like a bunch of we were like a bunch of bandits loose in a town, All right? <laughs> Woohoo! Awesome. But here's the thing, man. So Malone wanted all of us wanted those of us who were not involved in the shooting, and I wasn't. Even though I'm the executive producer, the owner, and all that other crap, I went. In the, it was cold as hell that night in Florida, actually. We stood outside for two hours because I had that much respect for her because when I, she wanted that, I said, you know something? That's an actor who really needs to concentrate and is not here as a piece of meat on a typical C-movie sketch, right. C-movie set. 
So you know what? Showing respect. After that, we became friends. I became kind of like an uncle to her. We'd sit there, we'd talk back and forth. She'd tell me about this, that, the other thing with life. She's a very, very talented and very smart and very, very going somewhere person. Mm-hmm. You keep an eye on her. Definitely. She's going to find that role and she's going to break out like a monster. You watch. And if I can ever get her back for the next Bubba movie in a heart, they say, well, Mitch, you made the movie, but she wasn't a redhead. So what? Not everything in the comic books is exact. I mean, there's a devil in the, but the devil was the redhead. Okay. Don't have to worry about it. See, it took the red. <laughs> don't worry about Bobby Joe. It's Bobby Joe devil. Okay. You happy now? You know what? Sure. I, one thing I will say, um, we, I, this took me a long time to get into this mentality and it, it took someone like Todd McFarlane to actually put me in this mentality. Um, watching uh, his animated series on HBO for Spawn. He oh, always yeah, used, it was really the clown. <laughs> he, he used to always come out and, and kind of introduce each episode and he came out and introduced one talking about how everybody had issues with how it was so different from the comic book. And he said, there's only so many yes. ways you can tell the exact same story over and over and over again. Certain things need to change to keep you interested and keep you focused yeah. and give you talking points even. And ever since I, I kind of listened to that, absorbed that, uh, I go into it. And, yeah, I, I said the same thing. Looking at, at um, uh, Bobby Joe on the cover, she's you know short red hair, and here's Malone with long dark hair. But you know what? It's a, it's a minor detail that had nothing yeah. really – it affected the story in no way. So it, Yeah. But little things like that are always going to change. It's not that big a deal. But Mike, you picked up, you picked, and you and Chris both picked up on a really wonderful thing because you accepted the character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even though you knew she had a previous incarnation, looking this, that, the other thing, she was had a depth and a style and an ability that an actor always just has to shoot for. Yeah. She achieved it because she convinced you. I'm good with this. Yep. Yeah. Now, yep. you try that in any other superhero movie, you've seen the mayhem and brouhaha that comes down. So-and-so is going to have a pinky ring. Are you crazy? He never had a pinky ring. That That is, I, I'm glad we're talking about this because uh, how many times, and we, we have this conversation, we have a lot of strange conversations in my house, but how many times can you tell the same story over and over and over again? Like every time that we find out we're getting a new Never been to a party with me, have you? <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm just saying. That's like, my like, friends. That's why they all disappeared. Now they don't want to hear the stories again. Only... <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it's like uh, uh, Batman's origin. How many times are you going to tell us Batman's origin? Forget it at this point. Just jump into it. Everyone knows how Batman became Batman. You don't have to tell me the way we're you in want to tell it. We're numb. You no, know, we're numb. Exactly. Exactly. You know, it, it just forget about it. If you want to do flashback, like the, uh, the Justice League movie, uh, not just. I'm sorry, the Batman vs Superman movie. They touched on it in the beginning of the movie just to give you like, okay, we all know this. And that was it. They weren't going to like show you that stuff again. See, you know, that, that's all you need. That's my, that was my argument. I'm sorry, Mike. What was no, it, Mike? I was just saying that you're getting the same thing with the Spider-Man movies. There's only yes. so many times we can see bring that up. Like a goddamn yeah. spider. Now, some of the newer ones, it's just like, hey, here you go. here's what happened. Now let's jump right into what this, this movie's about. That's what's so, great about the, about the last two they made. Mm-hmm. Because we didn't get that, you know, it was like he's Spider Man. Good, cool. Let's move on. No. <laughs> that was, you know, I'll give, you know, okay. Let's go to the stu- real quick. We'll go to the studio level because I did have some experiences. I went on several large movie lots. I was invited because mm-hmm. of the Bubba movie and what I did, and they wanted to talk about possibly doing some other stuff, which gave me a chance to wander around some movie studios and see some really cool stuff and see certain VR things that hadn't been shown to the public yet, which was really cool. So I'm at the studio. 
and I'm talking to a CEO and a VP. You figure, okay, these guys must know what the hell is going on, right? It's, you know, big famous studio. Humphrey Bogart used to be there, all kinds of people, right? So they're talking to me about, you know, I mean, the Bubba movie and how, you know, I did for the money I did it for. And they normally would spend like a million, a million and a half on a movie like that. I'm like dying going, give me the million, give me the million and a half. What the hell? Don't tease me. Come on, baby. Give it to me. Come on, honey. Come on. Right. It's like your dog runs away with the ball all the time. You try to get, you know, come on, come back with the damn thing. So anyway, I'm sitting there. I'm going, yeah. And they said, well, Mitch, what is your question? If you did another film, uh, I think we really need to do, you know, do a different origin. I'm like going, but that was a really good one. Well, I read the comics. And I went, yeah. And, they, and I actually have two of my comics are sitting in the front offices of one of the biggest movie studios in the world, weirdly enough, because they wanted to sign. They put up with the other autograph celebrity crap. I can't. I'm still going. Are you all nuts? But OK. <laughs> so actually, got a couple of the hundred dollar ones too. those sons of bitches. Anyhow. <laughs> And I gave him to him like an idiot. So anyway, what happened was that they were asking me if I could do it. I said, but we have a really good origin off this. The devil got defeated. See, Bubba killed the villain. So we just move on, right? Hollywood does not want to move on. Now, Hollywood, this is, now this is, now I remember this is Hollywood before the shakeout. They were still doing the same old school stuff. Now it's changed a lot in only two years. Guys, dude, it has changed amazingly. Okay. Yeah. But at that time, they were very staid, very stiff. They wanted this, 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 and this. And I'm like, oh, but, you know, well, what's the other origin? I gave him the other origin, which was him being bitten by a radioactive poodle because I did it for a joke because I was making fun of Spider-Man at the time. I remember Proving that any radioactive animal can bite anything, but you get a different result than you expect to be funny, right? Because I work for Cracked Magazine. I do parody. Remember, I'm the guy that fired Donald Trump and pissed him off for like 16 years. He's still pissed <laughs> off. What an idiot. You're like one of the very few people actually had contact with that moron. And I don't care. I'm calling a moron. Come find me, okay? I'm not easy to deal with either. The <laughs> is, 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 that's the wife. I think the most of us is, will agree with you. I would tell, thank you so much, Mike. Some friend you love now. That's it. <laughs> but what I'm saying simply is this. The studio is, and I are going to work. <laughs> well, I agree with them. Okay, the sucker shot work. All right, come on, man. We got this whole thing down. Get the gremlins in there. Yeah, the thing is simple. What they wanted to do was they wanted to take it back to a style of origin that would work. They also offer, offered me a pittance to buy the concept out when they realized that maybe I wasn't as amenable to this. And I went, no. They said, well, here's a chance for you to cash out. I'm like going, no, because I will have no creative control. I will have my name on it. And I'll walk, walk away like another faceless whatever. Now, I was friends for a little while with a guy named Lowell Cunningham. Now, the name may not be familiar all the way, but I'm sure his creation is Men in Black. Oh. He did Air Cell Comics. Yeah, Lowell did Air Cell Comics. Remember back in the early days of comic books in the 90s, back when I was doing comic books, Lowell was a comic book guy. I mean, so was Eastman and Laird, too, at that point. I mean, we were all just getting started. So you had Frank Miller. You had all. I mean, we had Bernie Rison working at CFD with us for a while. Okay, that's how I got to meet Bernie. Oh, that's that's a loss. So. Mike Broom and I got some great advice from Bernie. He was wonderful. But anyway, the thing is this, is that at the time, Lowell had done the comic and then Platinum Studios had, or another studio, I can't remember who it was, but Universal also had picked it up. And it was, I believe it was a guy named Lee Nordling was handling it and got him Men in Black and got him rolling, right? And I saw Lowell, you know, a couple of years later at a show. I just premiered Bubba, which he thought was brilliant. He loved Bubba. 
and he was sitting there he goes he goes he goes Mitch he goes you can do great he goes I don't know how you can do the toys I said what toys he goes dude I'm living off the burger the money from the Burger King toys right now I'm doing great <laughs> okay wasn't even the money from the movie it's the merch George so the Lucas, one thing I was George realizing yeah. is that Bubba was so was they were tasty on this because I realized I finally woke up going dumbass they want the merch mm-hmm. because at the, if you put I found that if I put Bubba on a turd I can sell Bubba <laughs> it's because it's goofy because you always ask Bubba the redneck werewolf I named it because I worked in advertising agencies I needed a name that you could not what the, what the, I wanted you to go what the fuck was that. Yeah. No matter what I said to you, I could tell you the whole, I could tell you my life story and then go, Bubba the Redneck Werewolf. That's like walking into a room and somebody's talking, blah, 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 blah. You walk up and you go, yeah, he had cancer and he died. And they stop talking and they look at you like, yeah. what? Right? You, I wanted that effect. You it works. Like these masks. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> that is a Michael Broom design, by the way. <laughs> Just like, Mike, if you're out there, you're, well, it's California. You're probably awake. You're probably drawing and working on real stuff for, uh, <laughs> those people you work for that make walking dead and crap anyway but the thing is i want i realize that i'm gonna go independent and i'm gonna do something that nobody expected i'm telling you guys because it's late at night they nobody knows what the hell's going on at this point because everybody's asleep except for us (laughs) there are a lot of other markets besides the american market and not asia there are plenty if you're not looking at Baltic countries, you have to look at Africa, you have to look at South America, you have to look at a lot of different places in the world. Norway, Iceland, believe it or not, there is money to be gotten, there are people to talk to, and there are things to be made if you're willing to take your concepts and adjust them for their society or what they want or what they want to use. And if you're a good storyteller, you should be able to tell your story using any available characters as long as they keep the core of who they are they have a different accent as long as they act the same way bleed the same way laugh the same way you like as shylock said if you prick us do we not bleed all that you should be fine you just gotta learn how to speak to other people and quit thinking with the western mindset keep your head open completely reminded me of mel brooks while, while you were, while oh, you, were you just said the holiest that, name of holies. I, I'm, I'm the biggest my, Mel Brooks fan on the planet. My, myself and Michael, Michael included. I mean, I, I know I grew up pretty much on, on, on Mel Brooks stuff, but all I could think of while you were talking about the, the merchandising is Spaceballs. Pop immediately popped in my head. <laughs> I even bought the mask. Okay, I bought the Spaceballs mask. I got one. I almost did. I saw it online. I was like, Spaceballs the mask. That's awesome. You gotta have oh, it. Come on. I, I think I made mine. You know what I'm going to buy this. But that's exactly, you know, and we have George Lucas to kind of thank for that because he's the one who was like, there's money in the merchandise. You know, it's, yeah, you put out a good product, but you also put out things you can do with that product too. You know, it's it's a fantastic idea. That's really it. It really works. Here's the best part about that. Lucas, have you heard the complete, have you ever heard the complete Lucas story? Mm -hmm. We'll make this our final story, long old man story of the night, but Mike knows the story. He's in a men's room. And he's hearing two executives at the premiere of Star Wars talking that it'll never make a dime. It's worthless. It's stupid. It's ridiculous. He's in the stall. They don't see him. Yeah. He comes out and runs into them and somebody else later on and says, you know, tell you what, you keep all this. I want the toy rights. That's the smartest thing he ever did. 
And I now, almost, now I, the person telling the story is a good, reliable source. Yeah. Double check me on this because there's only one source giving you the story. But I swear he was in a men's room and heard this. That that's still whether if, if it's a thousand percent accurate. That's first of all, that's awesome. If, that if is. it's if it's accurate, right. Chris, this is what it says. What I said earlier. Yeah. You never know where you are. You yep. never know what's going to happen. Keep yep. your head open and expect anything anywhere. That's yep. why every place is good these days to promote. That's why you go to the shows, meet some people, make some contacts. Don't give, do not give them your ideas. Don't trust the first person you meet. Keep everything to yourself. But find some people to walk around who have a concept also. You both go up and present as a team. Go up together. Go, oh, I've got something. I've got something. Oh, you both have something to present? They'll look at two or three of you at a clip more than they will just one of you sometimes. Because okay. they want to clear the front of the table. They also don't want you know a bunch of people hanging around looking like an incident. It sounds funny, but honestly, when you're back behind that table and you've been all day long and all day long, you're trying to clear the decks to keep things going for the next one. You're trying to, you really are a bad waiter in a restaurant trying to turn the table over. <laughs> I know it sounds dumb. It's the truth. That, uh, in all honesty, I've been to enough conventions to, to know that uh, exactly what you just said. And, and, and I never that, have that problem because there's nobody at my table ever. It's great. I, that's funny that you Tumble like about, I, I was wearing bubble hats. The, the last time I went to a convention that that was, you know, we were allowed to go. Um, I met Ricky Rackman from MTV. Oh, cool. And I, to me, I was like, this is so awesome. Blah, blah, blah. There was nobody there. And I was like, seriously, I had a, like a 25 minute long conversation with the guy because he was bored. He was just like, Hey, what's going on? And we ended up with this conversation. I was like, this was the, like one of the best days of my life because nobody showed up. <laughs> you know, you, you know something, you've got to love, I hate to say it, but I love a dead con. Because yeah. there's been times I've been at dead cons. I wound up in a poker game with like George Lowe plays Space Ghost and Aaron Gray from Buck Rogers and tweet and uh, Felix Sela, who became a friend of mine who played Cousin It in the original, you know, uh, Adams Family. Because it was raining. We were bored. It was a hotel show. There was like 15 people standing around. They were going through comic book boxes. We got yeah. bored, decided to play poker. And That's then some awesome. of the funniest conversation I could never repeat went on. All I know <laughs> is that. George, I, George is a brilliant man, but when you hear the Space Ghost voice telling Wilma Deering to do something really <laughs> interesting while Space Ghost, while, while, you know, Buck Rogers stands there and laughs his ass off, <laughs> and it has to do with the Phantom Cruiser in his pants, it's a long story, man. <laughs> what did he do with those power bracelets? My God. Knowing George, are you kidding? <laughs> He's probably trimming the hedges with him. I know George. <laughs> <laughs> Gentlemen, it has been wonderful. And oh, I think we've used up whatever time they allot or don't allot, or you can break this into 15 shows, have a blast. This will be your entire archive. You throw everything else the fuck out going, no, it's three hours of Hyman going on and on and on. I actually like that idea. We should do that. <laughs> I can't think else. Oh, no, I've seen the other shows. Too bad you got to suffer with the pain like I did with Scoffee Time with Satan the first episode. We had to work that out. Second episode <laughs> I, was great. I got to see those two. I haven't seen those anywhere. They, I pulled them down for a little while. They needed a rest, but they'll be coming back up. Also, yeah. the other thing you'll see on my YouTube is the fact that I do have, I do have the rights to a War, uh, Lorraine War, Ed and Lorraine Warren investigation that was never uh, produced. Mm-hmm. But there's a new Ed and, L- Ed and Lorraine Warren uh, uh, movie coming on the 7th on the Travel Channel or Discovery Channel, one of the two. I guess they'll discuss a lot of other things. The problem was with that piece is I was, going, I'm try- I was trying to sell it, get some money ramped up on it. The trolls on YouTube and, fa- and this were ridiculous. 
a friend of mine and I, had, the guy who had experienced it, the guy who actually was the guy who was did who got involved in the whole thing, because the, the Warrens walked away. They, mm-hmm. they decided they didn't want to deal with this too nasty. They left my friend there to deal with this, who was haunted by this for over 40 years of his life. Okay. And let me tell you something. The thing that really was disturbing to me was that we're two old school, you know, movie and radio guys. So all we do is put our knees next to each other because this way we could frame ourselves better for my cameraman. Mm-hmm. All people did, and you can go take a look at the commentary. It's disgusting. And I decided that I won't do it because I don't want to pander to these people. There are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of comments about us being gay because our knees are next to each other. Or John is nervous because this thing is still chasing him. He's tapping his ring on the table because it's a class ring. He got he gets nervous and taps his ring. Mm-hmm. They got mad about the ring tapping. They also got mad at me because I interrupted the interview. I interrupted the interview because John was nervous and was trailing off. He doesn't like talking about this. It's very difficult. This is one. This man was a combat photographer, one of the toughest people I ever met in my whole life. He's been in war zones, seen people being blown up next to him. Okay, as a correspondent, ABC cameraman. And this thing screwed with him badly. Wow. And it still bothers him to this day. I've had witches. I've had other people talk to him. Psychic, shaman, everything in between. The problem is very simple. We're not sure what this is. But Lorraine made a commentary about energy not really dying anyway. But it could come from other dimensions, other planes, other existences. Mm. Like we talk about Cthulhu and stuff like that. We don't really know these things. I know the ones for sure. My friend's been plagued with this thing forever. And we were trying to make the movie so finally we could get the story told. Mm-hmm. They could find out not to mess with Ouija boards and stuff like this. It's not even it's not a good idea even for fun. Because you just don't know. Yeah. You know, you just, you don't know what you're dealing mm-hmm. with because you know what? You're a human. You know just so much. Do what you do best. Use whatever talent you were given and good luck. But, man, don't go look in a field because, man, you could find something. I've seen what happens if you do. Yeah. I used to do psychic investigations with a few different people. I've hung out going back to another one. I know some other people do ghost hunting. Uh, Aaron Sagers is a good friend of mine. He's done a lot of stuff with Travel Channel. We've talked and done and talked some things. And we all, all of us all agree on one thing. We can't explain it. And because we can't explain it, you better be careful. Okay. Fair. So that's why, unfortunately, if you go over there, yeah, I'm going to leave it up for a little longer. It has over 185,000 hits. But again, it must be a typical Mitch Hyman production because you know what? We're not going to do it. We like it, but we're not going to do it. <laughs> that's how you know it. You know, it's one of mine. My, my, it's like Bill Mummy told me one time that he got tired of getting scripts with Ron Howard's fingerprints all over them. <laughs> and it's true. It's true. He told me that one time at the show. I was laughing my ass off. Speaking of Bill Mummy, uh, Chris, you need to watch Babylon 5, remember? Uh, yeah. Yeah, no, I'm on top of it. Um, oh, you haven't had a chance to give a scene Babylon 5? He, uh, he, we had a no. deal, and he broke the deal. Right. You know uh, it's no big deal. It's just, it's fun. Mm-hmm. And I guarantee you, I know a character you're going to love. He's going to be a Londo fan. Uh, and I, not I, Calrissian. I, I, I've actually I've seen some Babylon Five, and yeah. um, you gotta get past that first Babylon and second five. season. Both seasons, 
I gotta go past both seasons. You go- only five. Get with it. <laughs> it gets good in the third. I, asked, I we had a very simple bet. I said I'll watch Babylon Five. You gotta watch Firefly because he had never seen it at the time. And, and if anything, he he's the one who makes out the deal because all the episodes are fantastic. <laughs> oh come on! I've seen both. Hold it. Okay, it's we're in space and we're yeah. fighting an enemy. We've got guns. Next, stop it. <laughs> Just stop it now. But does Babylon 5 have Nathan Fillion? Exactly. Well, I oh, think... A wide variety of other famous stars. Walter Koenig. Yeah, he was, he was great. It says, what's the, the nut from the Shadow Corps? Yeah. Oh, shit, that's right. Walter Koenig wasn't that, wasn't he? Yeah, and he... And I'm getting news to him. You... Bester, you. His name was Bester, and you wanted to kill Bester. him every time. Every time. Every time he showed up, you just wanted to kill him. <laughs> okay, it's um, great when you get a show every week. Going, oh boy, there he is. I hate you. It's wonderful. That just means you're doing like my high, like my high school English teacher. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> now you're a writer and pissed her off. You have a book. I'm like going, yeah. <laughs> is it any good? I don't know. I don't <laughs> read it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway though man but no watch if you can gentlemen I, I, will, I will get around to it we are now at the witching hour yeah, which means the mitching hour comes after that and the mitching <laughs> hour involves a lot of drinking and it's that time i gotta do it before two otherwise the bar will close on my ass and i'm the bar owner <laughs> i own the bar and all the booze and, they and I, you, you see, I got this big black german shepherd okay and she's right. gonna throw me the hell out <laughs> Well, Mitch, we would love to have you on one day for a movie yes. review episode if you're cool with it. We'll even of let course. you pick the movie for us to watch and, and discuss. I think that'd be great. It'd even be your own. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Here's what we're going to talk about. I love this. Since we discussed it earlier, we're going to watch Babylon 5, A Gathering. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Look at you. Look at you. No, I'll watch 61. How's that? You like that? Okay, better. League of Their Own? League of Nobodies? League of... Ah, let's go with that one. League of Nobodies. I got news for you. Honestly, we talked about it earlier. If we get a chance, anybody gets around to it, Wes Craven's Serpent and Rainbow, the yeah. scariest true horror movie ever made. Thank you. Let's do Saying it. that again because I. It's, we're, getting on towards, we're getting on towards the Halloween season. So it's kind of mystical. It's kind of ramps you up into the season. It's not full blown. But this movie will make you look over your shoulder for weeks after it's over. Really? And you will never travel to small Caribbean islands by yourself again <laughs> if you ever thought of doing it. Let's uh, let's target um, sometime in October. The first week in October, we've got 1408 uh, with a guest from another podcast. And the rest of September is our Celebrity September month. Um, so let's let's target sometime in October if you're cool with it. That'd be great. I'd lo- Actually, that time of year would be perfect for this. Cool. Yes. Okay. And if you, if you actually want another celebrity, if you want another entertaining son of a bitch for like three hours, <laughs> I'll give you Al going back's info. Uh, I'm, I'm actually, telling you, you want him. I follow him as well because of um, Richard Lee Byers. I'm a fan of. Uh, oh, fan there you go. Her. Richard's a great guy. He is. He's fantastic. Uh, another one like you, who I reached out to many, many, many years ago when I worked at a bookstore and I read his uh, Forgotten Realm stuff, and oh, he was, was very receptive. Uh, just very receptive, very friendly, very personable, and I, I'm a nobody, and he was willing to take the time and talk with me, just like you. So uh, he and we you came, fans yeah. for life. We came. Oh, thanks, man. We came from a really good group. There was Phil Nutman. There was there was Jack Ketchum. There was a lot of really just. They were wonderful people. They had brilliant, huge. Terry Pratchett would walk into this into Necronomicon in Tampa, and just <laughs> hang out with everybody. Yep. And you sit there going, 
holy shit, I'm sitting there just hanging out with Terry Pratchett. This is just like, you know, this is ridiculous. It's great. He'd wear a wizard hat. It was hilarious. There's a place in Tampa called Necronomicon? Believe it or not, it was a it's a convention. It's oh, a literary. Okay. It's, right. Now it's a literary convention. If you do want to have a book looked at, it's a readers for all the people in Tampa, Florida. If you want a readers convention, you have a book possibly getting ready. And if they do, they won't do the show this year, but it gives you time to get ready for next year. Think about it. Find, and find literary shows. By the way, if you're going to be a writer, go find a library show or a literary show where it lets you set up, and talk to your local library. A lot of times they'll take a book into the system if you talk to the librarian. Have a good night, David. I see someone saying adios. I guess someone's yeah, David. David said he's old and he has to get to bed. So. <laughs> All right, David. You're old. You go to bed. And just be careful in the morning when you wake up and, you know, they have the pens and they haven't fastened correctly and all that shit. Got him <laughs> on the way out the door. Anyway, gentlemen, ladies and children of all religions, it is time to hang it up. Agreed. Thank you so much, Mitch. Yes. It was an honor having you on. It was, yes, it was. a pleasure, guys. I can't Thank wait you. <laughs> I haven't had this much fun. I've been conscious in so goddamn long. It's just like, yeah. <laughs> My parole officer is not going to believe I finished my community service in one fucking evening. This is so cool. Yes. Score. Score. <laughs> hey, hey, uh, Mitch, right before you leave, and Michael, you can you can absolutely say no if you, if you don't want to do this, but no. how about we have uh, shit, okay? And I'm done. Uh, why don't we have um, uh, Mitch pick the, uh, pick the winner from the people who were talking? Uh, They're all winners. Know. I know most of them. That's not fair. All right. Never mind. I was going to take all the names and go to random.org. That's what I would do. Oh, okay. All right. Trust me, because none of them are worthy of, of winning anyway, and if they do, they're insufferable. <laughs> now, only going to... Wow. Okay. Now, I'm an ex-DJ, and I know what that means. <laughs> fine. Okay, fine. You know? Everything I'll go, to the, great. I'll go to the CD player. We just got one of those in. <laughs> I was going to the CD player. That's great, but what does it play? It plays CDs. Where does the record fit? It's yeah, and it played CDs. one. No, you should have seen the first decks we got at the radio station. They came and we didn't know what the hell it was. It's like, what is it, a coaster? No, put this in. <laughs> and it, So what's it play? This uh, Great. What do we do the other ones? What do you mean other ones? Wait a minute. <laughs> you got that and a turntable. You know what that was like? That was like swimming with a bicycle. <laughs> nice with a bicycle and no training wheels or pontoons not so pretty so pretty much sideways and upside downish oh dude it was like it's pretty much how our government's operating right now that'll pretty much <laughs> i got the shot in all right ladies and gentlemen it's been wonderful everybody thank you have a partner have a night and if you can't do that put her down she's not yours and put him back <laughs> get it over with people jesus christ <laughs> All right, guys. All right. Have a great night. Thanks again, Mitch. Chris, guys, take a wonderful care. night as well. A pleasure. Yes. Anybody who's still listening, go to bed. It's late. That's <laughs> weird. All right. Good night, everybody. Good night, boys. Bye bye. Good night. Thank you again, Mitch. You too, boys. Bye bye.